contingent passengers today on Strangers on a Podcast. The strangers take the movie car back to 1999 in Japan for a movie about speed dating gone wrong. It contains a mysterious bag, a demented dance teacher, and a drug-induced dream sequence that will make you question reality. Join us, won't you? Welcome to the movie car here at Strangers on a Podcast. I'm Mel Crass. With me is... I'm Grimweed. Grimweed. And we have a very special guest with us today. Her name is Kana. We're, we're very happy to have her here in the movie car with us. Hello, Kana. Hi, everyone. Uh, we're called Strangers on a Podcast because we're two guys and today one lady who don't know each other. And we're talking about movies to see how they bring people together. Are we going to drive each other nuts? Are we going to curse? Possibly. Yes. Are we going to curse and scream one another out? <laughs> Again, possibly. Again, possibly. <laughs> and I normally ask if we're going to stay on topic, but I'm not, not going to possible. even bother. Nope. And of course, today <laughs> we are talking all. We are talking about Audition from 1999, directed by Takashi Miike. Let's see. It was written by Daisuke Tengen, a, a screenplay from by Daisuke Tengen, uh, adapted from a novel by Ryo Murakami. I'm sorry, Ryo Murakami. Whatever you say. I'm not going to challenge pronunciations. At all on this. I'm I'm going to before we get started try. though, I'm going to say this movie is impossible to talk about without spoilers. There's yeah. nothing we can say that won't spoil things in this movie. So if you haven't watched this movie yet, stop now. Don't actually wait till I finish what I'm gonna say, then stop. Don't look it up, don't look for pictures, don't do any have somebody bring it over and put it on for you so you don't see a description or anything and just sit and watch it cold. You know how in streaming they they put like a uh, a little mini poster or just some sort of image with the title for you to see like, you know, as the when you're scrolling through different ch- chapters or titles on uh, on streaming. Audition would ser- be served well by just like a blank white or yeah. gray like rectangle that says audition. Like cuz the or just you know a, a picture of the uh, the empty room with a chair or something. Yes. Yeah. It's one of those movies that the less you know going into it, the better. Yeah. So that being said, everything from this point on is going to be spoilers. So we don't have to worry about saying anything this time. So it's pretty hard to get through it without spoiling yeah. it because there, it, it, you just, you just can't. <laughs> yeah. Everything's so intertwined with everything else. It, it's hard to just, it's hard to even describe it without spoiling it. Yeah, there's not much of a plot without the spoilers. Otherwise, it's just a story of two guys, uh, uh, two uh, a guy and a girl getting to know one another, and yeah. then uh, it's like, well, what? Okay, fine, that's a great movie. What happens? Well, I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's speed dating gone wrong in a sense. Speed dating gone wrong is a great way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I found one reviewer who talked about how, uh, in a way, audition was prescient of Tinder and things like that. Yeah, I, I feel like. Tinder gives more information about a person than this movie did. <laughs> well, I I don't know what all those papers were that were attached to their headshots, and everyone had essays. Um, I so think it was I an essays know. and maybe their bios. That's all I can think of. Yeah, and I don't know how much would be on Tinder other than an essay and a bio. I mean, some people actually give like you know their age, their location, their well, that would like, be in your bio. Yeah. Uh, 
like some like to an extent. There, I mean, there's going to be extent. some differences, obviously. Yeah, my I my mean, Tinder yeah. bio lists me as a resident of Arkham, Massachusetts. Uh, I was born in 1923. All that stuff. Yeah, sure. Uh, Arkham is a fictional city for anyone out there. I don't have a Tinder bio. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, only because he knows his girlfriend's going to listen and be like, hey, "Wait a minute, what? You you have a what?" <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. No, but uh, how did you first hear about audition, uh, Grim? Uh, about you, Kana? Through Grim. <laughs> Honestly, it was through Grim. Yeah, I watched audition through Grim. And uh, I, what about you, Grim? I did you saw first come into it? Um, Bravo's top 100 scariest movie moments. All right, or that whatever you it saw was it. at Halloween. You found out about and it the same way I did. I saw, and all I saw was they said just that one scene with when the bag moves. That initial scene. And they didn't really talk much else about the movie. So I'm expecting this to either happen early on or things just to go really weird throughout. And just first thing I did after, well, first thing I did the next day, because it was middle of the night when I watched this or when I watched the thing. Next day I went, I found the movie at Blockbuster and watched it. And it's like, okay, now I have to get it. But at the same time, when I first watched it, it's like, this is really a boring movie <laughs> but yet the way it ends is like no i have to add it to my collection for the ending but the movie itself is just boring but watching it now the movie from the beginning to end is unsettling <laughs> and it's so much different now than when i watched it then well it has such a cheery happy opening where you know the the man's wife is in a hospital bed and and the little boy is coming in with a get well soon thing i don't want to call it a bouquet but you know, it's it's like it was like a diorama of like a volcano and dinosaur. Yeah, it yeah. did a school project. And it was this, and it, it said, "Get well soon, mom." And it, and you know, the the man is kneeling at his wife's bedside as she passes, and the doctor pronounces the time of death, and the little boy walks in with his "Get well soon" thingy, and it's just like, oh my gosh, the little boy just came in and he wanted to get well. It's a cute little guy, and they, now she's gone. Oh my god, it's awful. <laughs> It's up. It sets the tone quick. Yeah, it does set the tone quick. It just even without that scene, this movie is just unsettling through and through. Like there the environment, the way it's recorded, just it's just unsettling. It is. Yeah. It's a it's it's a uh, everything it one thing puts you it's almost like a Hitchcock ease. movie in a sense and that it's it's all about building atmosphere and tension uh, up into up until the the finale happens and the finale is devastating, I think. Yeah, this this movie in the beginning it plays more like more like a a situation drama. It plays like like a guy looking for love and or the the widower looking for love and him and his relationship with his son and you get a real feel of how all that is. And then suddenly you're in a whole another movie. Yes. Yeah, just feel like that. Well, it, I I think what it also does is it 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 um it highlights the the diff, like what the relationship between uh, Asame and Aoyama. For listeners out there, I apologize for my horrible pronunciation. That's the best I can do. I've tried anyway. What it ta- what it shows a great deal of is uh, I think you you we get to know Aoyama uh, in his life with his son and his job and his associates, and we 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 kind of get in under his skin a little bit uh, as a protagonist, and we see what he sees of Asami. And oh, what a what a what a lucky guy he is! What a wonderful young lady this is. We see that we see it from his point of view, but then we see her outside of his perception, and we find out that she is not what he thinks she is. 
and uh, we we see that in her own private world, she is something completely different than this sweet, you know, obedient little uh, model that he thinks she is. Um, he definitely wears rose-tinted glasses throughout the entire movie. But I think if you're, for the audience's point of view, you can kind of see tidbits of how kind of off she is throughout the film if you like pay attention to some details i think that's what um graham was stating with um watching it again like you see these little tidbits of details where you can see she's not normal like even if you were like if they didn't like reveal until the end what she was by the end like you could kind you just kind of get this uneasy feeling about her throughout the entire movie and it's not just in the horrible scenes that you see her with it's throughout like the little tidbits that you can collect from like small minute details yeah yeah there's red flags scattered around quite a bit like how everybody she mentions on her resume is untraceable uh like how the ballet school that she says she went to is shuttered up like how like she says she she knew a music producer but they can't find the music producer he disappeared a year ago and things like that like yeah, uh, uh, it, it shouldn't have had other to... red flags but i i have no social cues and understanding of of dating uh, if there are red flags that she's dropping in the in the in the movie like through their dates i i completely missed them what did what did i miss what's he has no on? way to contact her doesn't know where she lives yeah yeah no way to contact her doesn't know where she lives um i think i told i i think with grim i told him um that if you like look at the every date that you, she goes on she's wearing the same outfit on every day it's just a different jacket but she's wearing the same outfit under every jacket on every day uh, that you see them on which is just entirely weird because when you see her in a cutscene where she's waiting for the call, a call, she's in the same outfit. So she doesn't. I, I it's kind of referencing maybe she doesn't change that outfit or she's the, like wearing the same one. The outfit when she's waiting for the call, I think, is a shirt and a skirt. When she's on the date, it's that white dress. Yeah, so she's wearing like the same kind of outfits throughout the entire thing. White outfits, yeah, I mean, which in Japanese yeah, is a lot of white. Uh, I, I guess in like uh, in Japan, di- uh, white is uh, symbolic of death. So at least according to IMDb trivia, I don't know. Do you, um, do you know that in Mexico, a black chicken is seen the way a black cat is in the U.S.? It's tasty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. I didn't know we ate black cats. Gl- <laughs> I've never eaten cats. Sometimes no you get really should. hungry. <laughs> way to piss off the internet, Grim. <laughs> well, no, I, I'm going to say I've not done that because, you know, I've seen Don't Fuck With Cats. Yeah, all right, then. See, thank you. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need that in my life. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's uh, it's fair to say that uh, Aoyama has this, his friend Yoshikawa who helps him with the, get the audition process going. Uh, he even tries to warn him, like, this girl is too good. This girl is... Uh, there, there's something wrong with her. There's something off. You need to stay away from her. And he's like, no, she's perfect. She's perfect. I, I love her. I love her to death. He does not see the warning signs, I think, because he's too, uh, yeah, like I think you said he's seen it through rose-tended glasses, and he uh, is definitely going through it with blinders in a sense. Well, yeah, because he, he decides on her so early. It's insane because, like, I guess maybe he was just so moved by that essay. Um, I'm wondering if the essay reminded him of his um, – of his old wife and that's why he was just so deeply into it and unable to climb his way out of that hole that he's digging for himself i think i think with the essay because she writes about how she she broke her hip and couldn't dance anymore and that it was like dying i guess uh in the essay i might be remembering it wrong yeah it was something about like the fact that 
her dream was to dance and knowing that that was taken away from her it's like it's like accepting death uh for for aoyama the for him that would be something relatable i think because the death of his wife was like the death of his world in a sense so in maybe and i'm stretching this a bit maybe uh, maybe he could relate to her losing something so important the way he did uh, but then again who knows um <laughs> Who can explain what's going on in a man's head when he sees a pretty woman? It's, uh, one could say, it's, whatever's going on isn't going on in his head, but... Um, <laughs> Are you sure? I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> it might be a little bit lower. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we may, we may have skipped over the uh, the basic premise of Audition, so... What audition is about is it is about a uh, a successful uh, video producer in Japan named uh, Shikaharu Aoyama, which that's the best I can get. Um, and he is uh, a widower whose wife Kyoto dies at the beginning of the film. His wife what? His wife Kyoto. Kyo- is it Kyoto or is it Ryoto? Ryoko. Ryoko. I, I it's like I know there's an R somewhere. I completely. I I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I was I, like Kyoto. That's. That's a place. Her name was Megan. What are you sure? Check my notes. It was Ryoko. <laughs> Doing better so than me. His wife Jill died. <laughs> <laughs> you could have said any other name, and I would have been like, "Yeah, that was it." His, his wife Almond Roka is now dead. Is it, but a, she's tasty. Ew. <laughs> uh, in, a, in a heartbreaking scene at the very beginning of the movie, we we find that uh, his wife is gone. And we cut to seven years later, and he has raised his son, and they are fishing together on... That is not lake fishing they were doing. That was... No, that was... That was they were on the coast. Ocean. Yeah, they were on the coast, right? Yeah, but that was like the, a rocky coast with like high tide waves smashing against them and everything else. I mean, that was... Yeah. Oh, that... That's that, fun. Is that fun? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they had, to, they had to dress warm for it, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you know, you got to be prepared. I mean, he was prepared. His cell phone was tied so he could just drop it and not have to worry about it falling into the water. Oh, that's the man prepared. was prepared. <laughs> uh, but he, he must have been the Japanese version of the Boy Scouts. His son Whatever tells him that, that uh, I think he has a good relationship with his son. His son tells him, you know, Dad, you should remarry. You're getting kind of old. You look kind of lonely. He's like, oh, I think I will. And uh, he and a friend come up with a ridiculous scheme because he doesn't want to waste all of his time going through getting back into the dating scene. Uh, they come up with a scheme to audition young women to be his wife uh, or girlfriend or well, uh, no, it's wife. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was looking for a wife. He was looking for a wife, and what they do is they put out a, an ad for a fake movie that even plays on the radio. I think doesn't it? Yeah. Yep, it does. Yeah, and a, a, an open we casting. We see Asami listening to it. Yeah, we see her listening to it. Uh, I think the 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 movie is called the the new heroine or something. The new heroine, I think, yeah. Yeah. They they have this casting call. He he gets dozens upon dozens of resumes. He has to he has to pick thirty girls out of it. He picks one girl who is very one with pre digital Tinder. Yes. <laughs> and he, he picks one young lady out of it, uh, named Asame. Asami, I'm sorry. And uh, and she when they were playing the ad was the little girl staring at the radio. Asami Yamazaki. So how creepy is that? And through this audition process, it, he he courts and, uh, well, he singles out this one girl. He, eventually he confesses to her, oh, the movie, uh, the movie, we lost funding for the movie. It's not going to happen anymore. Oh, we don't know about it. We're sorry. Is that really confessing? 
No, not really. No. You know what? You're right. That's not really convincing. No, it's not. I missed it. It's just okay. kind of a lie to cover your ass on your other lie. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, would you really tell her the truth if you were like, yeah, I held these auditions to find a new wife? Would you really tell a girl that? Well, they were t- when they talked about it before, <laughs> his friend said, no, it's still, we'll still make this. It's an actual project. And you can pick from the girls that were auditioning for the project. If he would have just said, they're making it. And I happen to be looking for someone that fits the same lines as their main actors. So my friends, yeah, sit in, see if you can find somebody. At least that lies closer to the truth. I mean, by the time he told her that, he thought she, I think he thought he had her in the bag. And because didn't he tell his um, Yoshikawa that he doesn't even care if the movie gets made? He like, he didn't even care. Yeah. Yeah. He had already chosen. That's when he was throwing golf balls. Hmm. Yeah. And his friend was deeply trying to tell him, hey, there's so many red flags in this. Yeah. Yeah, and I really right. don't think you're colorblind. <laughs> he even told his son, I think he said, uh, I, I've met a girl and uh, we're going to get married. And his son was like, oh, good for you, dad. And, yeah. Uh, and But then the son was like, she's okay if I say she's okay. And they laugh about it and says, you're in love. You're not thinking straight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you for characterizing that scene correctly, Ben. Grim. Well, I think watching it for the scene. first time, that's something that it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then once everything kicks off, you see that one line is a perfect characterization of everything that's happened. Mm. But it's so easy to miss that one line just on a first watching. This is one that it deserves to be watched multiple times. And I think really needs to be watched multiple times to really grasp everything that's going on. Yeah, because if you don't watch it like a good couple times, you miss a lot of details that um, that are within the movie that are just small, minute things that you, you wouldn't even think about if you were not really paying attention. Hmm. I think I've only, I've seen it multiple times, but uh, several of those times was drunk. So um, n- not the best way to watch a movie with subtitles in my experience. But yeah, I watched it last night uh, with uh, various, uh, well, no substances. Speaking of the subtitles. What about that? I... So I have this thing when I'm watching subtitled movies, I generally usually will look for the English version first. Mm -hmm. So that way I don't have to try and read and take in what's going on on screen. I can just listen to it. I can see all the visual and then go back with the original audio and read the subtitles and get the original performance rather than the dubbed performance. But with this, there is no English. And it's like, why would there be no English dub for this after so long? And especially now that like they've done the special editions and everything else. Then it gets to the acupuncture scene. And I cannot imagine an English dub sounding near as creepy. Uh, when she's like just deeper, with, deeper, deeper. Yeah. yeah. I just, I can't imagine how, how that could sound any creepier. No, it couldn't. Uh, the- or even just near as creepy. So it's like... Uh, this is one that I think is like, yeah, you can't do an English dub. It needs the original audio. It does. Yeah, it does. Because like, there's some, like, when you look at the subtitles, there's some ways that they um, word things that I think are from the literal Japanese translation that I feel like you wouldn't get if you did a dub. Like yeah. the, the deeper part and like, there's like a couple like sentences throughout that you're just like, yeah, no, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have gotten that if you um, just listened to a dub because we have to translate it to like American. When we translate it to English, it's like all the jokes that would come with like English jokes. We would get that, not the original Japanese ones. Yeah. Very true. There's a lot to talk about this movie. I mean, yeah. it's just trying to direct it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where, where do you go? I mean, the torture scene is pretty great, even though I kind of like skimmed through that part. (laughs) 
I mean, just her going to the house, that was kind of interesting, too. Yeah. Because the way that they, like, filmed it, she looks really frantic. Yeah, and it was... It was like um, like a, just a handheld video camera. Just like, hold this as you run through. It just had that kind of a look. We want it to be grainy. <laughs> well, it looked like they added a film grain to some things at times. <laughs> that movie does look grainy, oddly grainy. I think that's the part, yeah. other part of unsettling about it. It's like, it looks oddly grainy. Like, way grainier than it should be. Yeah. Like, it's just... It, I, I do have to say, the film, the, the filming is just strange. Like, the angles that they choose and everything, just so very strange. It, it, everything's very deliberate to just yeah. kind of make things feel weird. I mean, honestly, when we were talking about um, spoilers, I mean, it's just, the spoilers are right there on the movie cover. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said don't look at the pictures, don't do anything, because everything's going to spoil it. That is super true. Sami being like a child abuse victim is so strange because like the way that she copes is so left field of what you, you in the world that we know, like yeah, associating pain with love, associating pain with love. But a lot of women, like I know like they end up in abuse, like it's scientifically, like, they end up in abusive relationships and like with her, like her being like, it's so rare her being just like, let me, instead of being like continuously being a victim let me be a black widow instead, which is like not common. It's not common for a lot of women to like take their revenge on men and on the world, the men of the world because they were wronged and everything. Well, um, I think if you look at a lot of the bigger female killers, like what is Eileen Warnos or whatever her name is that they did mm-hmm. the monster that where that movie's based on. Yeah. Um, but you look at a lot of the main, the major female killers. And I, think most of those that's kind of what it was it's just they had been abused for so long and then just finally mm-hmm. snapped and yeah started killing yeah yeah that's tr- that's true too i mean there's i know there's some women who did it because they're just like oh money there's a lot of women who did it for money oh, yeah. it's insane it's insane um i know one woman she did it because her son went to war and she's like i know a way to keep my son alive let me make soaps out of people she okay so i yeah, i mean it I would guess, work um, I guess she was like very like into like the supernatural and everything. So her, I guess it might have been during World War Two or World War One. But her son went to war and she was freaking out about it because she wanted her son to be able to come home. So she thought sacrificing people was the way to go. Well, like, like I said, it, I mean, okay, not the whole sacrificing people to keep them alive thing would work. The making soap out of people that part would work. Uh, she made soaps um, out of people, and I think she made cookies out of the blood. That would work too. I yeah, guess. blood is actually a good substitute for some reason. People have experimented with that. For like um, cookies? Yeah. And baking. So I can't st- remember if it's for oh. egg or what, but yeah, you can use blood as a substitute. But blood tastes irony. So I don't know how yeah. you. You'd have to do something to, to mask the yeah, taste. Yeah, no, because it tastes yeah. irony. So like you can't, you can't, it's hard to mask that taste. Uh, like I said, I don't know. Like egg doesn't why taste. Why they would try it, but yeah. I mean, egg doesn't really taste sulfuric when you cook Not if it. It's cooked right. Yeah, so it's weird. Yeah. Oh well, you think of the blood sausages, and bl- I think there's like a blood dessert that I've heard people eat and stuff like that. Yeah, the little blood pudding, blood sausage. Yeah, blood sausages are gross. Never had them. <laughs> Never had them either. Never had blood pudding either. No, well, we mentioned that too. Yep. Never had steak and kidney pie. Uh, I've had steak. I've had pie. Never but had not steak. steak and kidney pie. No. But anyway. Bad curry. <laughs> Best English I bet food it still tasted a lot better than a dog bowl full of vomit. 
Oh god, that scene was awful. I just wanted to skip through it. Oh, Dark fuck. Oh, I think I could have gotten through that whole scene without the vomit part. Well, it didn't show I, the uh, vomiting. No, it just it, had the sound. <laughs> yeah, the sound was enough. The sound yeah. was definitely enough. Um, the the seeing the what they used for the vomit was definitely took it over the line. Yeah. Oh, like I couldn't imagine what they used to to substitute for that prop. I, it looked like very watery vanilla pudding, honestly. Oh. And, and then him just saying "yummy" afterwards. It's like, yeah, no, I don't need that. I think, yeah, I just. Ugh. On the bright side, the guy, just, the guy who she was feeding it to, didn't have a tongue, so he probably didn't taste it all that much. I mean, she'd have I mean, to be really that. exact with that. She would have to take out the whole entire tongue yeah. and leave nothing else. Well, she did take out a pretty good chunk of it. That's true. One thing I did, uh, one thing I did while watching the movie, uh, after watching that scene, is I I thought to myself, you know, you normally need your tongue to swallow. Um, so I tried to uh, I tried to hold my tongue against the bottom of my mouth as hard as I could, and then I tried to swallow as a little experiment to see what that's like. And it hurts. It is not fun. So he would basically just ha- be having to get a mouthful of it. And if you can't, if you can't lick the stuff into your mouth, you're basically having to, you know, like choke it down. It yeah, he he was basically gobbling it up and choking choking it down, and quite literally choking it down because if you and just and letting it flow down his throat because he couldn't use oh, his tongue. Oh, this to is push getting worse down. by the second. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, no, we're trying to make it fun for her, Grim. Let's not, let's not make her gross. <laughs> let's not make her puke. <laughs> talking about the puke. It was just well, we we jumped quite a ways ahead from where we were. But, yeah, no, <laughs> we did. Yes, uh, as the movie goes on, we uh, we see Aoyama and Asami, who is his pick from the uh, auditions. Uh, we see Speaking them of the auditions. What did you think of that scene? The auditions. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it was a montage. Yeah, and uh, it it was an entertaining montage. I thought it was so weird seeing all the nineteen nineties fashion and hair. It was awful to see. It made me realize how <laughs> bad that fashion was. Oh, that's how oh fashion man. Is. Yeah. Oh, it was awful. It was just weird to see those women because some of them didn't look like they fit for the auditions. No, they didn't. But like still, the was there. Cheerleader. I was caught off guard by the cheerleader, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I was caught was off just, guard by the. I was caught off guard by the breasts. I was like, what, yeah. Okay. I was gonna say the, the cheerleader and sudden, the one that just stripped down. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, no. I was just like, that was so sudden. Yeah, I thought okay that one took off her her coat and she's in a bikini. That's that, I guess that's kind of understandable for whatever like they were auditioning pageant-y. for. Yeah. But then they took it further. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> No. And then it had them looking at like, what's going oh, on? Not even to mention the questions that he was asking during that. Like, are you okay filming a sex scene? Um, oh, man, there's one other question that was so weird and I do not remember it. Oh, man. But then but then when Asami shows up, he he doesn't ask her any questions. He just talks about her essay and just and how moving it was. Yeah. And. and <laughs> And it, it, you kind of feel like, what the hell is Asami thinking? It's like, okay, he he liked my essay, but it, he just went on about it constantly. It's like he he's not very subtle. He jumps into it. He's like, yeah. There's no questions like, have you ever had joyless sex? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even his friend was thrown off by what he was saying. He was just, he just looked at him like that was creepy. That was weird. Yeah, yeah. It's Do you like, have anything you're else already to say? Too into her. And yeah. But the thing is, too, it's like uh, they're asking all these questions to the women, and uh, in theory, these are part of his pr- 
prospects. These are these are the ones that he is considering as his possible future wife. So this is the the pre auditions for the Bachelor. Yeah, are, are the were the were the weird questions they were asking were those like questions you want to know like about the future wife? It's like, have you ever had angry sex? Have you ever had was it love angry or loveless? Loveless, loveless sex. Either way, it's uh, loveless sex. Something about working in the adult film industry or oh, something. Oh, yeah. Have you yeah. Ever, would you work in the adult film? Yeah, yeah I remember that now. And, and then the girl's like, well, I have a friend that does. Oh, oh, and I think they said sex industry. Yeah. So sex industry in Japan can mean a lot of things. Yeah, because um, there, there definitely were questions about adult films. Yeah, but it which was, makes me wonder what kind of movie that, or what kind of show movie, whatever, the today's heroine heroin was going to be or like when the one was said something about my my ex-agent was was really into making porn movies or something and and then the guy's like yeah save her for another project (laughs) (laughs) i totally forgot about that no they um it was just a weird awkward scene from the beginning to end with the auditions because you know that all these women are in there with like they're all in there with these dreams of stardom and nothing's going to happen that there there's no there's no real ladder here to stardom that's being offered they're they're just they're well, basically at that being point, we're to. still led to believe that this possibly could be a role as well yeah he was saying that it could possibly be a role and that he it could possibly turn into something like we'll pick a we'll pick a female lead and you can pick from whatever's left. Yeah, yeah. Like because like you don't want said, the ones that that we don't pick because who we pick wants to act and you don't want one that wants to act. Yeah, he said something like uh, one or two percent of the applicants will be qualified for the part we're looking for and they'll be out of your league anyway or something like that. Well, no, so you wouldn't want them anyway, or they wouldn't want you. So. But it yeah. would be because of they'd be more wanting to act, and it's about yeah, they have how, higher dreams. Yeah, about what they want out of life and mm-hmm. who they want it for, and all that good shit. But I think he, I remember he had a list of things he wanted with a a, a possible wife, and uh, he wants to find his ideal girl who has training and confidence, uh, not so too maturity. Yeah, not too young. Uh, possibly have a job. Accomplishments. She she would be skilled in either piano, singing, or dancing. She would have training that would lead to confidence because, according to him, no confidence means unhappiness. So he was looking, and he couldn't go for a professional pianist. Uh, his his friend argued, you can't have a professional pianist. Uh, that would be that would cost too much. And he says, well. I didn't because mean professional. saying I had the pianist play with my penis is really an awkward sentence. <laughs> <laughs> well, you went there anyway. <laughs> he had these. I mean, had, no, it's fine. It's like it's just weird to have such a list of like requirements. I don't. I don't see how playing a piano would make someone somebody better at hand jobs. It's, it's, if, if we're going to better go with there. your fingers, fingers, schmingers. I mean, you know, so it, it depends on what you're looking is different for. Different than playing with a well, that depends on what you want them to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and that could go well, for men or women either way. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, uh, it all depends on what you're looking for. If you think about it, if you go on to Tinder or any of the internet dating sites or apps or whatever, you're going to have to say, this is what I'm looking for. It's not much different. I don't know. True. I think I just find it weird. Is it's like, oh, this will lead to this. And I want her to be like, a, it's just kind of a list. It's, it's more, it's, it's instead of like personality traits, it's more like a laundry list of, it seems more like a grocery list than it does like traits that I wanted a person. 
Yeah. Yeah. And also, if if we were going to talk about the way this movie deals with fetishes or something and the fetishes that uh, one can encounter in Japan, that could be its whole episode right there. I'm just going to say right. I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily say this has a whole lot to do with fetishes mm. so much as I'd say it has to do with um, love blinders. No, but I, I would. I, I think Asami's kinky. I, I think. I think she's a little. She's a little out there. I kind of not seeing that. Well, uh, I think she has certain demands for what she expects in a partner. I mean, I know one of her demands is like, love me and love me only. And not have any That's feet. A- well, that way they can't run away. Isn't that in reference to her father in the wheelchair, yes. I think? Yeah, I know, because he didn't really... Yeah, step, stepfather. Yeah, stepfather. Yeah. And that's Having- another thing. Um, we we see the 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 piano playing ballet teacher guy. First, we meet him uh, when uh, Aoyama yeah. goes to her ballet school uh, looking for information because he can't find anything about about her. And after she disappears from the hotel room, he can't find her because, as you said earlier, uh, she has no contact info. But he goes there and he finds that guy playing the piano in this abandoned ballet school, who's kind of creepy. Very creepy. Very, very creepy. It's very creepy. Especially when he starts asking, like, have you heard her voice? Have you touched her skin? And that, oh, yeah. that asking laugh those, and all that those stuff. Those very intimate questions that you wouldn't ask a stranger? Yeah. No, you would not. But he, Especially uh, saying how that's kind of your daughter. I think that was never... It was implied. It was never clearly answered. Yeah, because... I, you have to, there's a, there's, you know, there's that phrase in literature, the unreliable narrator. And I, th- I think it's mm-hmm. possible that uh, Asami is an unreliable narrator when it comes to her own life, because she tells him a bunch of things about his, her ballet classes and her background. But uh, based on what we see with the flashbacks in the dream sequence, which for some reason is flash has her background and his background mixed together in this one dream sequence. I that have he's some having. theories about that. What's your theory? When when we actually get to that point. Well, like she talks about uh, her ballet classes and uh, how she broke her hips or broke her pelvis during the ballet classes. Well, did she say that or just she was doing ballet and then hurt her hip and couldn't anymore? Basically. Then he goes to find the ballet teacher, and this ballet teacher is a complete creep. So we find out that okay, what is she? What was she keeping from him? What was what was really going on there at the ballet school? And we see a little bit of that when we get to the dream sequences. He was burning her from a very young age in a very bad spot. Yeah. Well, I mean, is there a, no is, spot Grim, is a good is, spot? Is there a good spot to burn somebody in? <laughs> Like I said, no spot is a good spot. But no I mean, if you're if you're going to be burning somebody, getting that close to the crotch, inner thigh, I mean, it could be worse. Yeah, but still, ow. I for one, when I watched this the scene with the burning, I uh, I I had to assume that uh, this was kind of a censored version of the idea of what was going on. That uh, they were they were showing burning of the inner thigh on a clothed female, but in reality, it was trying to imply that uh, they that what really probably happened was the burning of genitals on a unclothed female, and. Uh, that's uh, like because this movie well, would. Uh, I don't I, know if they if you say that since 
they showed the burns. Yeah, they showed the burns, but uh, they they wouldn't have showed they wouldn't have been able to show the actual burns that were that. All right, look, think of it like I this. I think they probably uh, would have made if, it look more like that's what was going on. Yes, it's what they made it look like going on. But uh, I mean, if if could they have, could they have shown actual genital mutilation on on film for this movie and still had it be you know released? Yes. I don't know if they could. Have you seen some of his other movies? Yes, I have. Ichi the Killer actually made me want to puke. Yeah, I think they could have. They could have, maybe. Well, okay, they could have, maybe, but they had an underage actress. At which point, no. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to figure out the creative process of why the director chose for her to be burned. I think that's like more of the... More of my questions, like why? I think it was just like to 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 show the sadism of her teacher, and then and oh, then show was... that she was because at, at one point later it shows her as a grown up submitting to the burns instead of dancing. And uh, well, yeah, but as far as the burning, when they showed that, it was also when they're showing the scene of her in the toe shoes and keeping her legs spread apart, and he's trying to get her to dance. So it could have been a way like a torture like if you're not going to dance here you're going to get this and a way to it's like you you don't want your legs to be close together because if that touches that burn it's going to hurt so burn you here so you have to keep your legs like this for when you're dancing and kind of thank you for uh for being with us on this very uncomfortable movie by the way that's uh (laughs) (laughs) i mean we're talking about genital burning i'm not uh I'm not shocked. This was a very shock and awe kind of movie. Um, that's why I was like, I feel like it was so slow in the beginning. And like, you have to watch it and pick up details to keep your mind going a little bit. Like it's, but then like the whole ending is like shock and awe. Like it's insane. Just like yeah. how much gets thrown at you at one time. Yeah. And as the movie goes on, um, as he's, uh, cause we, we jumped ahead a little bit, um, as, as, after he auditions the various actresses or would-be actresses, he initiates a social interactions with uh, with Asami, and uh, they go on a few dates. I think the dates go as well as one could imagine a date going uh, between the one where they're sitting in the cafe or whatever. Just it's the late night, and it's just and two of talking. them, and then suddenly the place is empty. Did they stay there till it emptied? Or is that just kind of a subtle way of saying he's in his own little world and as far as he's concerned, it's only them there? I think think it's that because I could have sworn I saw like if you there was a scene cut and if you see you see that on the table but behind them there is another couple behind them but it it looks like it's nighttime yeah and then and then the whole place is just completely empty there's no cars driving by anymore there's no one up at the cash register or anything i mean he is obsessed with her so she could be the only thing that you can see during that time yeah, and I think that's I've, I think I've seen that in other movies where uh, people are talking at a dinner table uh, in a restaurant, and uh, it cuts to just them being alone in the restaurant. It tends to imply that time got away from them. And uh, yeah, and that's it, what I was wondering if this is one where it's just they were there for that long, like it's showing time elapsed, or it's showing a perspective where in in his mind it's just the two of them there. You could interpret it as both. Yeah, and we could weigh everything unfolds later and finding out what was said in these conversations as opposed to what we initially hear. It kind of makes me feel more like it's 
a his own world thing. It very well could be. That is the movie. When it shifts, it shifts. It makes you reanalyze everything that went on uh, prior throughout the entire film, and everything has to be seen in a new lens. Uh, as as you understand that the movie has been leading you along in, in a way. Well, I think the first time that happens is with the phone call. The phone call. Oh, you mean where she's sitting there? In. Yeah. Yeah, no, because his friend's like, hey, don't call her immediately. Wait, you're being too hot-blooded. Just wait. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. sitting by the phone, and she's just waiting. And Is that and, where you see the bad yeah. move, too, I think? Yeah. I you see the bad move during that? Yeah. Yeah. It, she sat there in the same position for days, fell asleep in that position, and 48 minutes into the movie, the bag moves. And that's the yeah. first sign that, whoa, wait a minute. And we get that it great It just sound changes effect. everything. Yeah. 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 That grunting. That sounds like oh, a growling. Oh, yeah, the grunting. Yeah, it's like a, like a growl, squeal, like what the hell's in that bag? Mm. I think it's creepier when they do the zoom in on her when he does call her and she just kind of gives that like slow smirk. Oh, yeah, when she first smiles, but when she's still yeah. got her head down. When, she, yeah. when her head's down and she's just, it's almost like, yeah, I got him. Yeah, yeah. she knows she's got a fly in her web. Mm-hmm. There's, like we said before, there's little things scattered throughout, but you don't really pick up on it until after you've watched the movie and you know what you're looking for. Exactly. That is when it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Let me reanalyze everything. Yes. Yeah. That's when you start. It's like, wait. You're like, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, wait, what? what? Okay, stop. Let's think this through. <laughs> what are the creepy things did I miss? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's almost like when, if you watch it for the first time and you're not paying attention, you're like, wait, 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 let me reanalyze. What did I miss? We, the thing is, is, uh, well, I'm, I'm just going to rush through the movie because we keep jumping around. I'm going to just rush through the movie for. <laughs> people um, <laughs> they it's, date it's really hard not to with this movie yeah it's really insane they date his friend tells him to pull back uh he doesn't call her for four days she sits there by the phone as 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 was mentioned, she sits there by the phone without moving for four days by the bag. He tells his son if, that he's going to propose to this girl. As Grim mentioned, uh, the son says, not until I meet her first. They go to a hotel. She takes off her clothes in the in the room when he's talking about going out to uh, you know see a museum or something else or whatever. Oh, we could do so many things here now that we're in uh, by the coast. And uh, she, no, she just takes off her clothes and gets into bed. And they sleep together. And that's together. not even like, like a... A sexy scene. It's, I guess she was trying to reveal something to him. Yeah, that was when she revealed yeah, the burn scar. Yeah, she was star. just very shy and just, she went and turned the lights off, turned her back to him, slowly got undressed, covered herself up before getting under the blankets. She covered, oh yeah, she was. Yeah, uh, she made sure she, she was completely covered the whole time so he couldn't see anything. Right. It's, Except her It's act. like she's still trying to play that timid, shy, not wanting to reveal a lot girl. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know much about Japanese culture, but I think when she was portray- when she was being modest and all that stuff in the hotel room, she was kind of portraying ideal traits for a possible wife in Japan or something. I I, I, I think uh, well, I I actually believe the the scar story. Oh. I believe that as far as just how like slowly re- revealing the scars and and being just ashamed to just completely reveal herself that i i completely am down for that of all the things she said i think that is the most honest thing that we heard in the movie that she was shy about her scars well just not what she wanted him to see her and say look this is this is how i am if you can't accept this fuck off only she just said it in a little bit different way yeah 
he accepts it. He jumps right in there. He's quite pleased. And uh, she goes from shy and timid to just a maniac in a heartbeat, doesn't she? I mean, that's her more true personality. <laughs> so doesn't didn't have to hide behind shutters there. <laughs> Well, it's like just he goes kind of in a little for a kiss and all of a sudden she just rolls over and it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah, that horrible woman. How dare she just jump on him like that? I mean, my gosh. Well, no, I mean, it's like <laughs> she's he this, this t- shy, timid little thing until that point. That's um, She might have thought that she finally caught him in, caught him in her web officially. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, the seal of the deal. That's what she was doing. Well, I mean, it, it very much seemed that she did want him and only him and that he could have no other in his life, but. Yeah, she says she says in the hotel room you must love only me. And he agreed to that and I can understand the misunderstanding there cuz Yeah, because how could a father love a son? Well, yeah, it's like yeah, I'll love only you, but it's a different kind of love. Yeah, I think um I I think he just assumed like, oh, she's telling me that she could be the only woman in my life, yeah, which I mean Exactly. He was he was totally down for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'm not going to cheat on you. Yeah, but she had uh that was not the definition she was going by. No, because you know, he loved Loves his dog. He loves his son. dead wife. Loves his son. Loves his housekeeper. Or oh whatever no! Did she get rid of that dog? Oh. Yeah, yeah, you don't remember that? Oh no! Yeah, the, the, cute little, so cute. the cute little little beagle bitch. They kept it's saying gone. here boy and good boy, Gangi. and that was not was a boy. Gangi. No, that was Gangi. yeah, that was. Gangi. Yeah, Gangi. I don't know what that name means, but it's cute. I did not realize that dog probably died. Well, well, yeah, they showed the dead dog. But uh, oh yeah. <laughs> 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 they sleep together and he wakes up and she vanishes and he spends the rest of the movie uh, trying to find her and, and uh, regretting it. And then she finds him when he comes home one day. He has a drink from his big, what do you call those decanter? things? Decanter? Yeah, decanter. Decanter? He, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, he has like a decanter of bourbon in his house. and or whiskey or, or, or whiskey something. or scotch or something. And uh, he sets down one day because he can't find Asami. He doesn't know what to do with himself. And he, he sits down and has a glass of uh, scotch or whatever. And he tries to get up from his chair, and he's woozy and all over the place. But well, we also saw we also saw um, the bar she claimed to work at. Uh, that well, she probably yeah. she probably killed the lady there. God, yeah, yeah. But I was gonna say we also saw somebody run through his house with a handheld camera. Yeah, there was a there was like a killer mad, POV go going around decanter. the house, and it landed on the decanter. Yeah, but yes. So she also apparently lied about the what was it the stonefish. Was yeah, that the name of the, the stonefish. Yeah, the the bar was named Stonefish, and I I couldn't imagine going to that bar and be like, oh, this place is not running, and running to this old man who's like, yeah. So this, so the <laughs> bar owner got murdered, and they found body parts. Alone. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, they tried to reconstitute the body and, and found an extra tongue. It was like, yeah, an at extra tongue, an mind, extra ear, and three extra fingers. At what point do you, does your mind go? All this is leading up to me not seeing that girl again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Something, a higher power is telling me no. <laughs> yeah, and especially when it's like, well, wait a minute. So she's saying, I have to love only her. The guy that used to take care of her went missing. And what happened to be a guy at the same music company as the one that was dating the bar owner who was killed. Something's kind of fishy something's, here. Yeah, it's, something's it's lining all fishy. up. 
<laughs> something saying full on stop. Don't go past go. Don't go yeah. like 200. <laughs> no. The thing is, is though, uh, by the time he is actually, I think by the time he's putting these pieces together and realizing it's possibly he's having that scotch to be like, as he's slowly realizing the fact that uh, something's not right about this girl. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When he's realizing he's starting to become a little paralyzed. <laughs> yeah. It, it, then uh, that's when he, uh, it's too late for him. Uh, as we, I think we've said many times in this podcast, it's like sometimes you, you don't you see the warning signs until late. it's too late. And uh, he, yeah, uh, he now was starting to put flashbacks. things together maybe. After Aoyama is paralyzed by his poison scotch, he falls down. But in the time between him being poisoned and him falling down, the film treats us to a dream sequence, which is a phantasmagorical odyssey into his past and the past of Asami as he sees things and remembers things from her history and his. Thereby, we we come across what's in the bag. We come across uh, how she never got her scars. Never open the bag. I'm sorry? Never open the bag. And never open the <laughs> box. Yeah, never open the box, never open the bag, and don't get out of the boat. And don't read the books. If it's a Lovecraft, yeah. if, if you find a book in a basement of a cabin somewhere, I don't care what language it's in, ignore it. Yeah. Just let it sit. It there. doesn't exist. <laughs> We're not reading that book. It doesn't exist. No. Just slowly back out of the cabin and go home. We're we're packing the car. Get back no, in the car. Your so shit we can there. Leave. Just back away and leave. <laughs> Just don't even you care can about get that. New shit. <laughs> All good. Yeah. Rules to live by, people. That dream sequence was crazy. Okay, so this is before when I said I had a theory on this dream sequence. So he's fallen back and drugged and in a weird, fucked up drug state of mind. So he's remembering things as they, I'm assuming he's remembering them as they actually happened instead of what he remembers them as. But she's in the next room. How do we know she's not talking to him and... Oh. His, That'd be the worst his thing hallucination ever. thing is incorporating her telling him about this and him just piecing the things together. And that's oh. where this dream's coming from. So she told her, him about the scene where she threw up and gave it to him. Yeah, because some of the stuff could have been actually revealed in the conversations, but she could have been talking to him from the next room when she was getting prepared with the dead dog. Oh, yeah. She could have. Okay, she could have. That's a weird way to do that, but she could have. Yeah, I mean... But she's weird. She's pretty weird. Uh, no, that that would make sense because it's like... Um, How else would he know about her apartment? He wouldn't. Uh, and, or the and bag. That, that is, uh, when I watched the special features and I watched an interview with uh, the author of the novel, uh, Ryo Murakami, it seemed like... It, in, and it was a weird interview to watch because um, it's a French interviewer talking to a Japanese writer through an interpreter, and then you can read the Japanese author's uh, answers in the uh, in in this in the subtitles. But uh, anyway, in English. So it's a French guy asking a Japanese guy his what he thinks about the movie version of his book, yeah. translated into English. Translated into English. But the French guy, okay, he was. This this French guy, he was just pushing and pushing and pushing for the author to say, okay, what was going on in the dream sequence? He he, he kept just, I mean, this French guy just was like, okay, so was the dream sequence in the novel? And he gives an answer. Okay, so in the dream sequence, when he sees this, what's going on there? And and he and the Japanese guy gives another answer. And, and it's frustrating because he says, oh, well, he'd been drugged. So he was seeing things from Asami's past. 
It's like, how? Well, you see, he'd been drugged. It's, he, he just sort of kept going back in circles, and he, and he refused to give a definitive answer. But one thing that I did learn from the uh, interview with the, with the writer was the dream sequence was not in the book. The background of Asami is provided through some other means in the book, but according to the Wikipedia article on the book, Asami was abused, and uh, she did like to cut off feet. Yeah. So... That was uh, that was all. And I real. know this is this is another one of those rare movies where the writer of the original book actually likes the changes that were made yes. to make it into a movie. Well, uh, what the writer said was that the uh, the movie uh, the movie did a good job visually conveying the information that he put in the book, but uh, that certain parts of the movie couldn't have been in the book because they wouldn't have been as good in a book as they were in a movie. Yeah, sometimes there's no replacement for seeing something. Yes, and uh, mm -hmm. it's just like, it's you know, anime versus live action, novel versus movie. <laughs> sort of the same, you know, what works in one uh, medium is not going to work as well in another one. And it, can't, it doesn't just translate like the way it, I mean, you can kind of you can kind of use Stephen King as an example. But I think with that, it's more who's making the movie. A lot of movies based on Stephen King books, the movies themselves weren't really that good, whereas the books were. But then there was like the classics, like with Cujo and Carrie, Christine and those were good. The but movies, so the many throughout the years, just were like, oh, okay, just give me the book. I don't need the movie. But then, um, like Frank Darabont came in and started doing like Shawshank and The Mist and Green Mile. Uh, one could argue that uh, I, I think even Stevie, even Stephen King has said that the Shawshank Redemption uh, movie is better than his novel. Or better in his novella. Yeah, and he even says the ending for Mist is better than what he wrote. He, and he was upset. He's like, he was wrong. He, he, I, like when he, I like the book. When he, he, when he saw the, the movie, he was upset that he didn't think of it first. Mm. But we're way off topic. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like we say in the beginning, we ain't going to stay on topic. We're not. So, yeah, how did you how did you interpret the, the dream the, sequence? Her, her past and his... Well, it really showed more of her past. So one could imagine that uh, the simple fact is... is is either as he's falling down and realizing he's been drugged, he's putting pieces together and he's understanding what Asami is in that moment. But how he sees the Bagman and the various other things, that's completely, uh, that that's basically a surrealist touch from Takashi Miike that can't be interpreted in any logical sense when it comes down to it. If, if you want to, we could I pretend. I had logic. Well, yes, that and, that, and that was a very good, and that was good <laughs> logic. I, I'm not, I'm not faulting your. Logic. No, and then I asked how how you interpreted it, and if that was your interpretation of it, then and that's my what interpretation I asked for. is 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 look, uh, this is a horror movie, and I'm not going to dig into it the way it, like, like it's a Salvador Dali painting or something. Okay, I'm not. I mean, if this was like a Louis Bunuel thing, we could you know start dissecting it frame by frame, but we're not going to do that. At one point, uh, when he's even watching the Bagman eat his meal, we see a sign me turned back into a, a a young ballerina i think yeah so yeah she, she did she's a little girl again so what the hell was going on there how could he have known there, there's no way you can explain that i mean i mean he could just be hallucinating he really could just be yeah. like filling like like your your brain does like you get details about everything and you fill in the, you fill in the gaps with the most weirdest things ever yeah so yeah, it could be it that too if it wasn't for seeing the bag and seeing the bag move previously then it would be like okay Okay, so is the bag man just, he's imagining what 
possibly could have happened to that guy. Oh, did you um, did you see in the commentary where uh, uh, Takashi Miike did say the name of the Batman? The as name far of- as the actor or as no, far the, as... The, as the character. The character was the record producer yeah. that she was. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. the record producer. Yeah, so I thought that was clear. I, I, <laughs> also, there was there was a scene where you see somebody having sex on a staircase. Yeah, that was the bagman and the housekeeper were or whatever. Oh she was. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. On his side, I um I was imagining. Oh, that's where that sec that secretary came. In. I was wondering what was up with that secretary the entire time when she was like waiting around for him when she told him like, oh, I'm getting married. Yeah, I think I was waiting for a commentary that on that. You messed your mic and. Got real Sorry. weird. What was it? Um, it's like the secretary. She, I was wondering what was up with the secretary the entire time because she was like always lingering around him, and I was wondering what that story was. And like that was answered when she was just like, he. I guess he slept with her one time, and she thought it was gonna go somewhere, and it never went anywhere. Yeah, or or he took advantage of her uh, as a boss. Is um, it could be too. It could be. Yeah. But um, she she but always had that, that, that weird awkwardness around him. Like she was kind of wanting something. Yeah, yeah. And, she was lingering, yeah. getting around, and like she mentioned, getting married. And I think she expected him to like say something about it, and then she like said goodbye to him one day, and she's just like waiting for him to like acknowledge her. Yeah, which is kind of sad. But like, uh, yeah. Awkward. Uh, Takashi Miike, when uh, he was explaining the dream sequence uh, with the appearance of his his secretary in the dream sequence during the um, most uncomfortable oral sex scene I've ever seen on film. Um, I would say that would go more towards Last House on the left. Okay, yeah. Um, Okay, well, (laughs) I I would say having it just gnawed off in anger would be worse than this. Okay. (laughs) Well, they were very justified in their anger in Last House on the left. But I, I'm guessing you haven't seen Last House. On I've the seen Last House your, on the Left. I've just, no, I've, I'm just. I'm no. She's reacting like she has no idea what we're talking I about. I have no idea. Yeah, I've heard. It's heard, only a movie. I, pro- I might. I might have watched it at one time and then like glazed over. <laughs> Don't remember. Yeah, it's uh It's the. It's the Wes Craven picture that came out around Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Did and it. it the tagline is "It's only a movie. It's only a movie. It's only a movie." <laughs> It's a it's a yeah, and there's some there's some discrepancy in the stories on why that was made too because the way the laws were like individual theaters couldn't make their own movies and then just run it there anyway it had back to, to be, audition like spread out everywhere <laughs> so it's like okay was was Last House on the Left an illegal movie and we'll be coming to that when we. When we analyze Last House on the Left and discuss it. This is interesting because usually I'm the one telling you that. <laughs> you are um, going into great detail about the background of Last House on the Left. I had to stop you before we spoil. Great performance in the Last House on the Left. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just remember, doesn't he come out of the dream sequence like in the bed with her again and he proposes to her and she says no, yes and he's that, like, yes. stop that. That's a bit later. Is it a bit later? It is a bit later. Well, no, he that's he does come out of the dream sequence and to that he comes at, out. No, he, he comes out. Of the a dream few qu- things happen in between. He, yeah. yeah, he falls like. Well, he has the dream sequence, and then it cuts back to him in his his living room, and he's falling on his ass. Uh, oh, he goes into the dream sequence. Yeah. into that, and that comes out of it to that. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah he, he comes in, and that's when she's in his, his apartment with her bag and her needles and her big blanket that, well, it looks like a big bag, actually. Um, yeah, I, I looked like it was a bag. Yeah. Uh, I only like saw stitching on the medical bag. Yeah, big canvas. Oh, no, I was talking about the big canvas bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that but, she uh, laid out as a tarp underneath him. That's when we see Asami in all her dark glory when she has her when she dresses when she up enacts like her the obsessions cover. upon his flesh with her needles and her uh, and her words and uh, her garrot, as I believe it is the name of the weapon she uses, her favorite weapon to use. Piano wire. Is that what? It, first of all, I, I I wonder where do you buy a garrot? I you know I've been to gun shops and stuff. Piano and, uh, wire. Do, do you have to make one? If you if you're just take okay so do you have it, to know what note I, of piano I'm prob- wire I'm you're sure supposed that, to use like, to make this thing? Somebody really wanted to get mad at me for saying this. They could, but it's the easiest thing you can imagine by looking at it. Take two sticks, wrap piano wire, the end of the piano wire around each stick, and hold it between your hands. That's all there is to it. Isn't there like wire saws too? Yes. Like just yeah. So that could that could be a replacement for that too, right? Yeah. It's like a wire saw. Oh, mm-hmm. that reminds me. The dream sequence. One of the things. I found most confusing about confusing confusing about the dream sequence. Uh, We see her behead the the ballet teacher. Yeah, yeah, she beheads him with the the garrote or the, the wire saw that you saw her have. Yeah, the, and, the and she sound says, designer like, did an amazing job on that. Yeah, yeah. But is that guy really dead? I have to wonder. Uh, so uh, one of the things I wonder uh, about the dream sequence is how much is real. Well, not just how much is real, but I wonder if uh, she was cleaning house in a sense uh, to make room for her new bag band. Because I think one of the things that it that the dream sequence implied to me was that she had gotten rid of the old bag man after one last feeding maybe and that she had gone back and found her ballet teacher and killed him to uh tie so up loose ends in a way the bag that she laid down for him was basically the bag that the bag man was in yeah well it looked pretty clean considering well, you know laundry I, I don't want to be the laundromat owner who has to see Asami come in with a dirty bagman bag. And I'm sorry, man, but we can't get these stains out. No. <laughs> it's like, you. Oh. I, I'd hate to imagine what kind of stains were all in I'd that. I'd hate to imagine the smell. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, it's just canvas stitched together. What have you been doing in this bag? What have you done to this bag? Um, I <laughs> just see you're being like none of your business. <laughs> I've been collecting roadkill and keeping it in the bag like a normal person. Yes, nothing's... That's where I keep all my roadkill. Nothing wrong. Nothing illegal going on with my bag. How dare you imply? Well, because, you know, taxidermy exists, so that's an obvious answer. (laughs) You have to have something to collect it in. (laughs) I mean, it just doesn't magically appear on your work desk, right? It does not. (laughs) That that's a great that, that that is a great go-to excuse right there. Taxidermy, yeah, good, well done, well done, Connor. Um, I'm always scared of people who do taxidermy. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I couldn't imagine having all those eyes stare at you. Norman Bates did taxidermy. Yeah, I was just gonna, gonna ask if she watched Psycho. Wasn't there two? There was. Or was there only one? Multiple. Oh, I think there was, well, there was the original, there was a remake, but then there was a bunch of sequels. There was a TV movie, and then there was a TV series. Okay, he oh, knows damn. more about Psycho. <laughs> oh, the TV series was based motel, wasn't there? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, the TV series was based motel. And the there was a TV movie that was on years ago, and I remember I was laying in bed watching it, and my cousin was next to me, and she was freaking out, and she said, "She says, well, now when I go home, I could tell my friends I watched Psycho with my cousin, and I almost pissed my pants." Well, I, I can't count the many times I've gone home to brag about how I watched a movie that was crazy and that I almost peed myself. I mean, if I found a movie that was that scary, I'd probably say, yeah, 
go see this because for me, it doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen often for me anymore either, sadly. I think the closest I've ever gotten to being that scared is is uh, Poltergeist 2 of all movies. But anyway. Well, I, I know with the original Poltergeist, I was freaked out. But that was when it first came out in what, 81. So I was four years old. And I was freaked out because they put me to sleep next to a giant window with a gigantic tree outside of it. Okay. <laughs> Well, Kana, have you ever seen Poltergeist 2? Um, I don't think I have. <laughs> okay. Well, you see, I probably have. In the first Poltergeist, uh, there's no clear villain. The villain is the house. The villain is the other side. It's this uh, it, It's this ghost world that inhabits the house that somehow has kidnapped the daughter. But there's no really you know, personification of this other side other than what they can, you know, hope to affect to get the daughter back. In Poltergeist 2, there is a personification of the other side. It is a it is a ghost. It is a man it is named Henry Kane and is played by a great actor named Julian Burton. And he it is the scariest right shit you will ever see in your life. <laughs> um I think I ha- I might have not amazingly enough I might have seen Poltergeist two and not one because I'm remembering the face now. <laughs> you, okay, see, you've seen Poltergeist two and you repressed it. That's why. That's how scary <laughs> Poltergeist two is. I mean, that's how scary Julian Burton's performance as 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 the, the preacher Kane is. Is you just like okay? I remember watching that movie. Like you could watch it now and you'd be like, oh, oh god, oh god. I remember this now. I remember never liking <laughs> this now because he's scary as hell. I'm, I I I could. I, Look, you could swap I, him out with a tall man, though. Tall man was not as scary. Anger Scrim was not as scary as Julian Burton. I'm sorry. Oh, he could be. Nope. Sorry. Look, but, <laughs> but anyway. For again, years, I would topic. lie in bed as a child, <laughs> scared to death that I was going to wake up, and there was Henry Kane standing next to my bed. That was... Uh, I'm, I'm, if, if you watch Poltergeist 2, you'll understand. Audition, though... <laughs> Uh, Which is not Poltergeist or Poltergeist 2 or has anything to do with supernatural stuff. Or Last House on the Left. Yep. Well, it's I think it's closer to Last House on the Left than it yeah. is Poltergeist. Yeah. There's no supernatural stuff. And Takashi Miike has, has even stated uh, that he doesn't consider Audition to be a horror movie because, because in Japan... Because there's no supernatural. Yes. In, in Japanese, one of the qualifiers of a horror movie has to be that there are supernatural elements. And there are no supernatural elements within Audition. Unless we imagine psychic things are going on between Asami and Aoyama when the uh, dream sequence occurs, which the dream sequence, mm. my understanding, is the dark heart of the movie. Uh, I would go either with she's explaining it or he's just putting pieces together and that's his imagination is created the bag man yes but, awful imagination <laughs> but, I, but the thing is is we've seen shots of of asami and she is and she's sitting with the bag man when she's mm-hmm. waiting for his phone call so he can't have just created the bag man that's what i said earlier yes so i i so can't she would have had any other reason it unless him. at some point she told him or he kind of piece together things throughout all those other conversations. Oh, I mean, didn't he earlier in the movie hallucinate when he was at the bar hallucinate the like tongue and the body parts on the floor of the bar? He did. Yeah. Yeah. And I I was wondering if that was like he hallucinated that or like he just looked over there and imagined it there and they threw the visuals in for the audience rather than he's actually hallucinating it. Uh, maybe. I mean, he he it looks like he saw something and freaked out though. Yeah. I think like, I was- he looked away from the man. I was yeah, confused. Then, was um, did was the owner of the bar a girl or a guy? Because I girl, it was a girl. Okay, yeah, it was a woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Asami had was Asami bisexual? Did she did did she 
get uh, did did she get how obsessed I, with why, the girl? Why would how I piece it together is like she basically went out with the uh, oh my the god music the music director dude the dire- yeah the yeah. music director and the music director was the husband of the woman who owned the bar uh, okay. and she no, killed they, both they she killed it wasn't both the right? husband they were just seeing each other oh they were just seeing yeah, each other and she killed together. and she killed both oh yeah. my gosh I did not pay attention to this movie close enough you two have caught so many things that I did not okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah, af- a- after this many episodes, I'm used to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> See how snide he is? Um, no, uh, but uh, after we experience the dark heart of the movie where he witnesses the Bagman in action and he witnesses a, a bizarre panoply of, of different visions. Uh, There's involved. a word you don't hear often, panoply. Thank you. He wakes up and he is in Asami's control and uh, she paralyzes him and proceeds to cut off his clothes. This is the ending pieces needed. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> he was after the feet the same way as Asami was after the feet, just for different reasons. They both did the whole, you're paralyzed, but you can feel everything thing. They did indeed. This is this is the ending that pieces needed. That yeah, would have made pieces uh, such a better movie. <laughs> uh, you brought up pieces again. <laughs> Uh, well, you, I've apologized you for have pieces to admit, sucking, and I'll I'm just not, do it again I'm not for saying, you here. I'm not I saying anything about the movie being bad. Suck. I didn't say anything about the movie being bad, did I? I just said they both did the same thing. Yes, only a little bit. This would have made pieces a much better movie. Uh, well, perhaps pieces was an influence on audition. We'd have to ask Takashi Miike. Possibly could be. <laughs> I'm not saying that there's not people that like it, or it couldn't be something that influenced people. I can't I'm imagine for anybody me, in Japan. Was, and would watch a movie called Pieces and enjoy it. Have you seen some of the movies that come out of there? That's what I meant. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway. In fact, one of the things I was one of the things I was enjoying most about watching Audition was the fact that I was like on IMDb looking at uh, the actors who've been in other things, and uh, one of the things I saw was that Tokyo uh, Gore I, Police. Aisha was uh, in Tokyo Gore Police and Meatball Machine. I thought these sound like fun movies. I want to check out Meatball Pol- Meatball <laughs> Machine and Gore Tokyo Gore Police. I have Tokyo Gore Police. I and I I have it on my watch list on Tubi now. It's a weird flick. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. It kind of reminds... Well, never mind. I'm not going to get into it because I started down <laughs> that rabbit hole already with Last House on the Left, and we might talk I about mean, Tokyo Gore Police at some point. <laughs> so well, we only have a little bit more to audition left, audition left, so... <laughs> yeah, the movie is almost over. Asami uh, has a big case of very thin acupuncture needles that she proceeds to put into mm-hmm. Aoyama's abdomen. And as she does it, she does this cute little sing-song voice going, which I cannot do, because I, I do not have... Yeah, a- I, I was kind of wondering if you were going to try and figured neither one of us would be able to, and that only leaves one other person that might. I'm not doing it. <laughs> they, they can go watch it for themselves. <laughs> but um, didn't the, didn't that part where she says that she was putting it in his uh, under in the skin under his eye? Well, yeah. she said it the whole time. She said it on the abdomen, yeah. the ribs, on all of them. She was doing that. What, what Nothing worse than the eye. Oh Nothing yeah, that worse. one was bad. No, was I know. Bad. The first time I saw it, I thought she had actually put them into his eyeball. Oh yeah, because it was so close. Yeah, but instead oh. it was just right underneath. What I thought was great was uh, she she puts them in his abdomen and in, his, in his stomach, up. and then she just yeah she just sort of slides forward and sits on the needles. Yeah, I cringe oh. every time I see that. And then after she puts the needles in his eyes, she goes she just flicks oh, she them flicks with her it. finger. Oh. 
yeah. and you hear like this note being played on the, the needles, tang, yeah. like this metal tang. Oh, yep. awful! Yeah, uh, she was. Uh, she was having fun. I think Asami at that point. She is like the Hannibal Lecter of J horror. That's a fair comparison. I think just like that scene when he's breaking out in Silence of the Lambs and and beating those cops. Just like, okay, yeah, just having fun. Just another day. I mean, yeah, she was having fun. I mean, geez. Made the scene so much more uncomfortable. How giddy. How it's, it's giddy she was yeah. about it. Because after she's done with the needles, she she has gone on, she goes on a rant lecturing him about uh, how, I wrote down one of the things she said, words create lies, pain can be trusted. And that, uh, that's, that's a great line, though. Yeah, uh, she doesn't want to hear from. She doesn't want to hear him talk anymore. Now she just wants him to suffer, and she can see him suffering. But she also says, "You can't leave me if you don't have these or something." I believe yep. it's the which is why I was saying earlier about the bag man and taking his feet, so he can't run away. He can't run away, and uh, she <sighs> she pulls out her signature weapon that Garat uh, clamps off his his ankles and wraps yeah, she also that has wire the, around his. Are those like instant tourniquets or something that she has? Like it looks like a metal like brace that she screws around his ankle before she starts cutting it off it kind of reminds me of just like those you know you see those old medical tools in pawn shops or whatever just just antique things that what the hell was that even used for maybe it was it like kind an of reminds me of something tool. like that and where it just clamp off and take off the limb makes sense As- asami had done her homework on how to cut people's feet off i mean apparently she's well versed in it Ugh. Yeah. Uh, the way and, she smiled and laughed as she was taking his foot off. Uh, no. I mean, and having the she was sound, getting what she wanted. Having the sound where it's like, okay, you hear it and you can tell when it goes from hitting meat to hitting bone. Ugh. And just the look on her face, it's like, like for her, it was like, this is the climax of the, of the relationship for her. It's like, uh, oh my God, I have been dating this guy for six weeks and finally I get to cut off his feet. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> like she rearranges how her, how she's sitting on the ground so she can re- get a really good angle and she looks and she peers down so she can see, watch it perfectly and then it's like finally she starts just and and just the just the twisted inhuman joy on her face as she watches that wire cut deeper and deeper into his flesh is uh it's like Hannibal Lecter beating the cops. Well, I, I was thinking it was like a, a Cinnabite or something, almost. Um, yeah, similar. Cinnabites being the human characters from Hellraiser. Uh, Kana, have you ever seen Hellraiser? I'm gonna say no. Okay. <laughs> oh, <been>. okay. We, <laughs> have we got some sites, sites to show to you. Show you. <laughs> yeah, we just had to. Okay, Grim, you went there the same time I did. Yep, I just wasn't gonna try and imitate the line. <laughs> there's a, there's a line in in Hellraiser where Pinhead says, "We have such sights to show you." Like that, <laughs> only a lot creepier. <laughs> Thank you. I, I thought I got the voice down pretty good, but yeah, you're not going to imitate Doug Bradley saying that. So I think we both can agree on that. Fair enough. So yeah, she takes off a foot and just casually tosses it aside. On, yeah, at the door, <laughs> slams it. Yeah, just picks it up, throws it against the glass uh, door of yep. his back. Don't patio. need this anymore. Just toss it out like it's trash. Done with this. 
On to the next one. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is when his son comes home, right? Yeah. Cut, she cuts off the foot and then his son comes yeah, out. Yeah, she starts in on the other foot and the son comes in. She hears the son coming in and she runs to her bag and grabs some pepper spray. And she's going to pepper spray the son so she can subdue him as well. Was that what that was? Pepper spray? Yeah, yes. it was mace or pepper spray, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but as uh, the son comes in and Asami, um, Asami sneaks up on him, ready to pepper spray him from behind, which didn't work very well, that that's when we go back to the uh, the false awakening. Uh, that's when he we go back to the hotel. Yeah. No, that's when he wakes up and proposes and she yeah, says yes. When he wakes up yes. into a dream. Yeah. <laughs> like he <laughs> wakes up into a dream. Yeah. <laughs> Where he, I, I guess you could explain that as just him blacking out. Uh, then, in, like as he sees his son in danger. I mean, one would hope that you that was a, entirely a nightmare. Yeah. yeah well, and the way this played out, there was many times when it's like they could have ended it there with like, okay, he wakes up and she's like, oh yeah, I accept, and he's laying there awkwardly with her on him, like, oh, fuck. Okay, is this dream a warning? Is this woman really uh, crazy? They could have ended it right there, they or could. they could have gone when later when they see when it's him sitting in the chair saying the whole auditioning to try and find a wife. They could have ended it with that, and just like the whole thing is like uh, the movie they ended up making, and they, it was based around him trying to find. And there's so many ways they could have gone and left it with him him actually being okay, but no, no, not. All. No, they want you to know this guy has just suffered and it ain't done yet. No, because he wakes right back up again. <laughs> As he wakes up, and we find uh, that she is chasing his, his son, uh, Shigehiko, I think his name is. She's chasing I him. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I just Shigehiko. remember that's his son. Yeah. She chases him with a pepper spray and she chases him up a flight of stairs and he struggles and avoids the pepper spray and kicks her down the flight of stairs. And I do not know why, but that was the funniest scene to me. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't him kicking her down. It was her chasing him. It looked so strange. She looked so awkward just trying to, to run after him. Oh, and the pet, the mace like didn't seem like modern, like the mace that we have now. So it wasn't that strong because she was spraying it. Well, like yeah, that's what I was model. asking. Why I was asking if that's what that actually was or if it was something like a something like to knock him out or something because it was just a fine mist but no distance. Yeah, pepper spray is supposed to shoot like a stream of uh, yeah, because yeah. if it hits the air, it can blow back to you. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so it, this it, couldn't have been pepper spray. So it's like, what, what it's was it? sprayed that? like perfume, not pepper spray. But then, yeah. when that, like that time when he turns and is looking at her, and she's just standing there staring, and then squirts the the spray a couple times, and just continues staring at him, just kind of like lean to the side a little, spritz, spritz, and just stare. That whole thing, it's like this woman is fucking nuts. Asami is good with a she she works better with a plan. Uh, she she wasn't planning on the sun coming home. The sun coming home was a was a wild card threw in. She didn't have the she didn't have the prep to deal with him unfortunately she, she she's yeah, an amazing not, killer though? she got away with it for a long time but she was undone by the fact that uh why she, wouldn't she be prepared for him to come home though because he I, said that he was going to stay the night he left friends. a message on his dad's phone how would she know that how would he know oh, that, that she is... was burned as a kid it's because he was told she was burned how would it might be she felt like she didn't have any other time because it would be she did leave him at that hotel and i don't know if she knew that she would go he would go finding her i mean eventually that truth was gonna come out so like maybe didn't plan for the sun saw that everyone was out of the home and was like hey this is the perfect chance yeah 
Yeah. Like the son's not home, the housekeeper's not alone, so this is my chance to sneak in and get the father and hey, I'll deal with whatever when the time comes because I have the element of surprise. And she could have got away with weird, it too, though, but not that meddling kid. Not the dog though, not the meddling kid oh. and the dog. The dog did not help this time. The dog didn't make it. If it had been a Great Dane, maybe. Yeah, just a little beagle's not much help. You need yeah. a I gigantic mean, Great Dane. <laughs> The kid did do her in, though. He, yeah. That kick, <laughs> that really powerful kick. A nice little boot to the chest. It worked. She went flying. Yeah. He saved his dad. Uh, little, his dad, well, he saved what was left of his dad. His dad's probably going to have to get a prosthetic foot. And, uh, he's gonna well, have to depending get on how long it takes to get to it, they can reattach it. I don't know. Uh, Look, uh, I've 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 thought about testing that uh, testing well, that mechanism of reattachment where I just go. I've, uh, I've 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 thought of just going into a hospital with a meat cleaver and walking up to the emergency room and saying, "Hello, the wretched sucked." Anyway, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Awful. Um, but again, that was last week. Oh, Which, you know, you? interesting enough, you didn't like the whole time jump with like, we're going here, now back here. But yet with Audition, how many times do we go back and forth between young Asami and old Asami? Takashi Mike has panache. <laughs> so see, it, it's not that it's done, it's how it's done. It's, yeah, well, don't do it like you do in The Wretched. <laughs> okay, that's a master class in how not to make a movie. Have you ever seen The Wretched, Kana? Um, I... I think I watched it on. It's on Netflix, right? Yep. yep. I think I did watch it. I'm that sorry. Was the, um, I'm so so sorry. Um, I've well, seen more horror films. <laughs> okay, then. When, when she says, "I think I've seen it," then it's gonna okay. It can't have been that bad because if it was, she would remember and she's like, "Yeah, don't." If watch I remember, yeah, of shit. yeah, I would remember if it was a really bad movie. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but audition. That's how I know when I ask her about if she's seen something and she's like, I might have. That's how I know, okay, it's not that bad. <laughs> what would you change about audition, Kana? Honestly, I don't think I could change much. No, I don't think I can change anything about it. It was not, it was a pretty good movie. I think I wish the pacing was faster, but um, it is um, Japanese psychological thriller or like kind of Japanese horror, even though it doesn't suit now natural parts. And with that comes a slower buildup to a very big shock and awe ending portion. So I'm, I'm very much used to that because like movies and J-horror and um, like Chinese, Taiwanese kind of show the same pattern. So it's kind of how they do their movies sometimes. So I was really used to it. And I don't know if you could do this movie any other way. No. Because <laughs> like you're building, it seems really, really normal. And if you don't pay attention and not catch the small details, then you, um, you it's just kind of a shock for you at the end that the very shy, timid, quite soft-spoken woman would do such heinous things. Yeah. And that was uh, uh, the writer of the book would would go on about uh, some to some extent. He would say one of the main things he wanted to construct in the book was that she was just so awesomely evil and twisted. And uh, he needed to make the uh, the the main character Aoyama. He had he had to make him relatable and normal to counter her extremism and eccentricity and such. Well, uh, I think the amount of time spent just establishing him and his relationship with his son and everything. I think that really did help to kind of make him the, the relatable figure. And then having so little of her and then going to her snapping really helps with the evil aspect. Mm. What would, uh, uh, would you, well, that's another thing. Is she evil or is she just out for revenge? Because uh, one could argue that she has I been... I don't think either. All right, then. 
I think she's just more disturbed. It's like how, I guess you would just say how her coping mechanism is, is that she would do this instead of what other people would do. She's yeah. just more disturbed than yeah. anything else. I see instead of buying a, a dog, a she got a sympathetic character. What? I see her more as a sympathetic character, really. It's more like she, at a very young age, learned to associate pain with love and where she was getting that from was somebody who was always there because his disability meant that he couldn't leave so all these people that okay well this is who i love and are agreeing to love me have to also experience the same. same yeah yeah it's just that because of all the psychological torture and pain and everything she went through, it twisted her reality. Yeah. In a sense, she was trying to find someone who was uh, who loved her the way that the her it's like the stepdad loved her. But what her stepdad she did she couldn't realize that what her stepdad was giving her wasn't love. Yeah, it was more of obsession than love. Yeah. yeah. And it, then it's like, is it is it not love or is it just not a healthy love because that it's might be love. the only way he knows how to show it but it's not a healthy thing well this may be controversial and i may get some comments about it but i'm just going to go ahead and say that you burning your 12 year old stepniece is not love what, it was a stepdaughter right it was a stepdaughter right you're yeah. correct i'm sorry no and okay, I'm not, in that case yeah i'm not love. saying it's good uh yeah stepdaughter sorry <laughs> I, I, my mistake yeah love totally love uh, <laughs> no i'm not saying twisted i'm not saying form it's good of love. i'm not Again, I'm not saying it's good. Know, I'm just saying that it's a perspective thing. Yeah. Just like in Europe, this movie is looked at, or when it came out, this movie was looked at as a feminist thing. In America, it was looked at as uh, chauvinist. Or, what, what? That's still not the right word. What? Misogynist. Uh, misogynistic. Misogynist. Yeah, misogynistic. It was looked at completely different ways because of that culture. So a perspective thing, you get abused for that long, your perspective of what you're looking for and and this is what love is, is really altered. Indeed. And you could go either way with it being chauvinist or misogynist, I think. Uh, well, actually, wait. Chauvinist and misogynist are pretty much the same thing. Uh, yeah. Feminist or chauvinist, one could say. Uh, but because... Yeah, there's you, good arguments for either one. You have, you have the jerk, Aoyama, who did the audition process, which which is you can't get around that that's creepy. I mean, you, you just can't get around that. You know, that's that's not how I, I think even the, the writer of the book said that's bad karma. You shouldn't do that kind of thing. And then you have his friend who was the, an enabler, as it were, the the, the one yeah. who, who recommended it. Yeah. Yeah. It was his idea. He set it up. His but, friend, um, he was devil. still looking out for him, though. He really did warn him in the beginning. Yeah. He's like, no, she's creepy. <laughs> she's yeah. weird. I think he said, like, uh, there's no way if, there's no way a girl this perfect wouldn't have boyfriends. How is it she hasn't had any boyfriends? He said something like that. Yeah, but uh, Aoyama just yeah kept chugging right along. Yeah, the love-tinted glasses. Mm. Okay, well, to be fair, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, if if I had a shot with Asami and, they, and somebody told me, well, she's going to cut off one of your feet, I'd be like, like, hey, no, so I need just, this. Just one? I'd be okay. You'd consider it? Yes, I'd consider it. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, she just, yeah, she's gonna put needles, She's going to put needles in your eyes. You mean both eyes? But I'd still I, I'd still get to go to bed with her? Yes, but she'd kill you. Okay, but I'd just be dead, but I'd still get to sleep with her, right? Like, I, I mean, if you're that desperate, <laughs> if I, I ever had think, I think... It's not about you, desperation. You it's about having stop a shot now and go having a go have a conversation with your girlfriend because something's uh -huh. not right. If you're that desperate, where you'll just yeah, cut off my foot, just give me some. Uh, maybe I have a. <laughs> 
Maybe I, I have I don't think issues. the sex is that good. <laughs> I don't think the sex is that good to warrant a foot loss and acupuncture amateur torture. acupuncture hour. Yeah. All right. Well, Jerry Seinfeld had this great <laughs> bit where uh, he was talking to a young Jewish man who was married to a, uh, a very exotic Asian woman. And Jerry Seinfeld said, first of all, you're a lucky punk and you better do everything she says. Right. So uh, I have this perspective of uh, myself is like, if I were able to land a, a gorgeous Asian woman like Asame or the actress Ahishina, I'd be a lucky piece of shit and I better damn well not complain about my situation. So well, yeah, but there's that's limits, the simple dude. fact. So what I'm going when for with this idea that she foot, could cut off my feet is, no. well, I still wouldn't complain about the situation because the fact of the matter is, is if I had a shot with this gorgeous woman, I damn well feel lucky. Uh, and I, I can imagine that's that... saying a lot about you, more. More than it's saying about the movie. I think it has more to do with me buying into the fetishization of Asian women. But either way. Well, that and just uh, you're willing to give up a foot and let's let her stick needles into various parts of you. Oh, it's my stomach. Just so you can get laid. My stomach. like uh, Oh, like I couldn't deal with needles in the stomach. They're acupuncture needles for crying out loud. I doubt they hurt that much. You've Uh. never had acupuncture, have you? No. It hurts. I'm sorry. Yeah, there are some very <laughs> painful spots, and she goes way deeper than you should for acupuncture. Yeah, those needles are really long, and she goes really deep, and that may have probably pierced some internal organs. Yeah, she uh-huh. very well could have pierced something with some of those. And I think I've seen when yeah. people do acupuncture, don't they, like, they have the needles in, like, a little chute that they are able to, like, sort of, like, just tap the needles into the skin? And, and so, uh, there are some that's like that, yeah, yeah, where you just kind of put the thing up against the skin and tap, and it presses it in, you just pull, yeah. Either way, if I were... If if I got to sleep with Asami, I'd still be a lucky bastard no matter what happened. Moving on. <laughs> okay. I'll agree with that sentence up to a point. I agree with it up to the no matter what. Get to sleep with her, you'd be a lucky bastard. Okay. No matter what happened, no, that's that's when it crosses the line. Sorry. <laughs> I would not give up a foot. I don't care. We don't need me around. The world would be just fine without me. So what if I have to live in a bag for a few years, you know? You you would live in a bag and eat her no, vomit I just so not. she'd sleep with you? No. Uh, I, <laughs> well, sorry, I have limits. Grim, the question would be, hard limits, the, still the acupuncture, though. <laughs> I don't even think we need to go past the, past the, acupun- the amateur acupuncture. Yeah, that's, there's that. Yeah, well, I, I let her cut off my foot and I'd be like, okay, well, you're a little freaky, but we can deal with this. Let's talk about safe and sane play, Asami. Yeah. Less freaky, more demented. Is, is, are you going to say, is that your way of saying my dick's too small? You need something bigger, so you're giving me a stump? Did we know she castrated <laughs> the bag That's not I what I'm saying. Sh- then what are you saying? I'm saying the stump in place of. Oh, it's like ew. your dick's too small. I need something bigger. So oh, use so you, stump. You're, you're, so you're implying that uh, Asami had amputee sex with the uh, with the stumps of the bagman. You never know. Okay. <laughs> you're the, oh, you're the one that's God. making. You're the <laughs> one that's making this gross, Grim. <laughs> you're We're the one that's talking like, about. Hey, I don't care what happens as long as I get to have sex with her. And if that's the reason for it, would make more sense than just yeah, go ahead and cut off my foot just so I can get laid. Ahishina is a very beautiful actress and a model. Yeah, not that beautiful. I'm sorry. Yeah, very beautiful. Anyway, I can't think of anyone that looks good enough to be like, yeah, I'll cut off a foot for that. Heidi Klum? Nope. Okay. Either can you either of you think of someone you would actually willingly give up a foot? 
for? Well, maybe not with a piano wire. Oh, no. It's, not you're at giving all. it up like this. Oh. This is how you're giving it up. Not at all. Like how you said immediately no. <laughs> I need clue. It would fetch you with such a quickness. Because I don't mean like you're trapped and it's like if you cut your foot off, then you can save her or something. That I mean, no. If you are in a relationship with this person, you have to have your legs sawed off with wire just like this. Just so you can get laid. Nope. I'm so good. <laughs> mm, I think, think we're good on this one. conversation, too. See, now he's like, okay, may- maybe I wouldn't give up a foot anymore. Maybe. It depends. Still a maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. I don't think there's anything I would change about Audition, though. Uh, maybe the dream sequence wouldn't be quite so messed up, and uh, we it wouldn't be, you know, maybe we could have a little clearer understanding of what was going on, but it works just felt, it works just great the way it is. Yeah, I think if you, if you made that more comprehensible, then it would make the movie less unsettling. Yeah. Very likely. And and I, I think that, that was kind of the point I was trying to make earlier. It was like, it, it's not supposed to make sense. It's just not. It's, you know, everything, it's just a bunch a series of images to make you feel uncomfortable. And yeah. it, it's very effective. Um, and the real, I mean, it starts oh. out with a dead mom and a kid showing up with a get well soon thing. So it sets off an uncomfortable feeling, but it really starts to get uncomfortable when they get the first shot in the empty room, just the chair. Oh, I, it's just this vast emptiness and just a weird, awkward, just, awkward, man. Yes. Yeah. Just, a, it's just a weird, awkward situation. Just sit there, stare at this lone chair in an empty room. You know, what would be nice about audition. If there something that was different, have a prequel. That would be fun. Oh, you mean with her and the music director? Yeah. In that story. I would think maybe would we learn anything that we didn't learn in the movie. I, I think it would actually make this movie worse. Possibly. Because you'd have explanations and, and it would be it's like, okay, yeah, that all makes sense. I mean, there's something, there's a reason for it. This is mm-hmm. like, what's going on? Yes. And yeah, because he, go on. Oh, he would he would find you would, you would have all the information about the bar and everything but that's the information that we get throughout the movie at the ending yeah so I'm, well i guess if if it was done right because bates motel was a pretty good series but you knew how it was going to end because it ends where psycho starts did it so so you kind of know where that's going so i, I guess it, if motel. done right having a a prequel could work but I think it would just it would change audition quite a bit, just having that extra information. Whether it ruined the movie or just changed the perspective, it would definitely change this movie. Well then just make it a sequel. I would have all right, let me just point let me put it this way. I would like more Asami. And uh how would you have more Asami in a sequel? Just I don't know, have her body disappear at the end of the at the end of the episode where it's uh, it's now it becomes supernatural and she's a vengeance ghost. Good, awesome, love it. She could be that weird mom from from Juwan that with that croaking sound. That could be why oh, she's got yeah. that sound because the broken neck. Yeah, and the uh, the house she's haunting is uh, the former. Hold on, he lived in an apartment, didn't he? Chicago. No, no, I think he lived in a house. In a house, he had a house. Okay. Yeah, the house. Well, that's yeah, what the, the yeah. It was actually a it was an actual residence too. They were pretty much just going down the street and saw a house they liked and went up to them and said, "Yeah, we want to use your house for a movie." And negotiated to use their house for a couple of weeks while they filmed. And the people just lived in a room upstairs while they were filming it. Mm. And they'd film to like midnight and and go. And then they they said when they were done because they'd been there for like three weeks and pretty much were there the whole time and almost like they were living there when it came time to leave and pull take their stuff it felt like they were moving out mm. how would you rate uh, audition then out of 1 through 10 comma oh i oh. guess i get don't get to say if i would change anything huh? okay fine <laughs> Grim, what would you change me. <laughs> 
Um, there's there's one scene in the movie that just makes me wonder, and it's not even a big deal. It's when he's on the phone with her that first time, and how when he hangs up and he's all excited and he's like, yeah, yeah, and like like hammering on his on his desk or whatever, and just how excited he is. In that conversation, it just cuts to the dog running across the floor and then back to him. Does I would it? just cut out that weird the dog's going across the floor. That's it. it just just stick with the conversation. It's like why cut to that and then back atmosphere. I guess they wanted to give the doggy a little bit more screen time. Or maybe the dog was frightened of Asami being on the phone or something. I don't know if the dog would necessarily be frightened of her being on the phone, but yet not care when she's roaming the house. Dog was petrified by her vengefulness when it when she was roaming through the house. Like you said, it was just a beagle. Gangu. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know if I would say I would say a dog was not a very good guard dog. Mm, well, actually, that's very impressive for that whoever trained that beagle because I just thought about that. Beagles are really barky. Mm. Yeah, it didn't bark very often. No, it whined huh. a few times. It did bark a couple times, but it wasn't a very barky dog. Mm. Apparently, Shigehado and Shigehiki when they uh, or is it Yuri? I don't know what uh, Shigeharu and she got a hickey. Either way, the Aoyamas they they took their dog to obedience classes, and the obedience classes went too far and trained the dog not to bark <laughs> under any circumstances because when just to let a, anyone wander your house yeah it was a very very well-trained dog simple fact was is yeah they overdid it yeah so let's go with that because there, there's <laughs> no the other reason why change. a beagle would be so quiet all the time <laughs> no but uh where would you rate it uh kind of uh one to ten a solid eight. I enjoyed the movie. Even though it was a little bit slow, I enjoyed the movie. Um, there's not much I would change. There's just things I wish that could happen that I don't think there's a possibility that could, like the slower pacing. Mm. I don't think the acting was that bad either. So, I mean, eight out of ten. It was solid. I liked it. There you go. I, yeah, I, I, I probably right there with you. Probably eight or eight out of ten. I know uh, Takashi Miike said that like the audition scene. He's like, this scene's just way too long. Oh, yeah. But it has to be. We want it to just seem like it just goes on and on and on. That's just and normal yeah it, we it needed to be this way to really set the tone we wanted for it to just come off as just a melodrama and su- it's like it just sucks you in and gets you comfortable and relaxed before it starts digging those needles in deeper and deeper no pun intended oh no i was intentionally okay then. you meant that pun wholeheartedly oh, yeah. pun fully intended yes all right have either of you uh sampled other movies of takashi Mike's yet or by have you in the past ichi the killer or uh, 13 Assassins? I haven't seen 13 Assassins. I have, I think there's three Each of the Killers. I have all those. He also did One Missed Call. I have that series. No, he was in Hostel. This movie was a big inspiration for Hostel. Yeah. Um, Eli Roth, Quentin Tarantino, Rob Zombie have all said that this is one of the scariest movies. Mm-hmm. I've ever seen Hostel, kind of. Um, I don't think I have. Oh, okay. That have was, ever seen Hostel and Saw were like the start of the huge... Torture porn porn movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's not, that's not my, um, that's not one of my favorite genres to watch. So yeah, this this is what kicked that off with a foot. What about seven? You ever seen seven? Um, that sounds familiar, but, um, I'm going to say no, because I'm not going (laughs) to. Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt are trying to catch a serial killer. Okay. Yes, I have seen that. It's been a while, but yes, I have seen it. That was better than Saw. When I, the first time I watched Saw, I thought to myself, this movie's like seven, only worse. I liked the original Saw. I, I don't remember it that well. It did things that hadn't been done before and kind of kept you 
guessing throughout. Had a pretty good twist. Yeah. Not quite the same kind of twist as this movie. No. But, um, you know, that, if I could change anything, I would say that, that I would have liked more Asami. But uh, Asami is one of those characters that um, it just so happens that uh, less is more. And, you know, all you get of them is all you get of them in a way. Like you said, you know, you said she's a Hannibal Lecter of J-Hor. I think Anthony Hopkins has gone on record saying that he wishes he had never reprised the role of Lecter because he uh, cheapened well, his performances. Yeah, once, once you get so much of it, the character doesn't have that same impact. It doesn't. That's why I think when, how I was saying like you get a lot of Aoyama and the son and you get to know all them and you, you get a lot of that relationship, but you very, you get very little of Asami. True. And that kind of helps always keep something about her mysterious. So I think getting more of her, it's kind of like getting more of Aunt Martha or getting more of a lot of the different characters that you said, yeah, I wish we got more of them. I think think that's kind of like i want more but more would hurt the movie mm. kind of where do you fall who who was the real villain do you think uh do you think asami was the villain or aoyama was the uh the jerk um i think the way you play it Ayama's still a jerk <laughs> there's no way of getting past that yeah but um truly she was the villain but the, yeah no she was it, it made clear that she was the villain of the movie i think by circumstance if you think about her whole entire past then unfortunately it's kind of a um, unfortunate situation but she's kind of made like her choices in life turned villain type thing yeah she made her choices in life so yeah Mm. Yeah. I I'm a still jerk though. There's no way getting past that. Yeah. And his yeah, friend I mean, was he, too. he seemed like a nice guy. He did. In the beginning. I yeah. think if it wasn't for the fact that they lied or not necessarily lied, but if it wasn't for the fact that they went, did this under the pretense of you're auditioning for a role, would you still say he's a jerk? No, I would, in my perspective, he's still kind of creepy because she's so much younger than him. And there is that kind of age dynamic where someone's so much younger than you that you probably shouldn't be dating them. Mm. But um, hmm. I, I think you're onto something there. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we won't get into that. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but yeah, so, but no, ultimately speaking, she's the villain of the story. So she wanted to do harm and she did harm and she ended up having to be stopped in the end. And what wonderful harm she committed. Um, I think, I, I definitely think he's a jerk for doing it under that pretense. I think if you were to do this movie now, you could easily do this movie, but do it just instead of an audition, it's Tinder. Yeah, it, the, it would change if it was. Um, and he would no longer be the jerk. You would have to have some other way to make him have something bad about him. Yeah. Well, just have him go through women like uh, Kleenexes or something uh, in the movie and then just have one of them find out, you know, or something. Uh, I mean, there is the detail that he did sleep with his secretary. and Yeah, yeah. I mean, you Thank would you. have to have more of that kind of thing going on, though. Yeah. You couldn't just have it like this and find out these little pieces as time yeah, goes Yeah, in through. the ending, yeah. yeah. But I think we've covered it pretty well. Uh, well, you know, is there anything you how would, would like you add, rate Connor? it on 1 to 10? What? How oh. would you rate it? Oh, eight As or long nine. as we're now going to rate, rate things. <laughs> I'm rated an eight or nine, I think. Uh, what about you, Graham? It depends on which time I'm rating it. I, no, I'm serious. It, de it depends on, it, or not which time, it depends on which watching I'm giving the rating by. Oh, uh, you mean your first or second yeah, one? Because this movie, I don't know how many times I've watched it. And there's, how many movies can you think of where you've watched the horror movie and then you can sit and watch it again and have it be just as effective? This movie, know. the more you watch it, the creepy factor doesn't go away. It always feels uncertain 
unsettling. I know what's coming up, and yet when it happens, I still cringe. You only see that bag move once or twice before it stops being as quite as scary. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't have the jump scare factor that you would have, but just, like I said, the unsettling nature of the movie, and all that's going on when he when she's cutting the foot off, everything that happens, it's still has the same uneasy feeling as watching it before. And then yeah, picking up on all that. those little things over time, <laughs> it's like, that just made it even worse now that I see this. Yeah. Because you pick up on a little more minute details in the second, like in the second, because you're not overall paying attention because you're like just kind of going through the movie the first time. And then the second time you're yeah. like, like we were saying, like we notice little details now that we wouldn't have noticed on like the first or second watch, especially with subtitles. Yeah. And not only that, but this, this movie is how old now? 19, isn't it 1999? 24 years old. Yeah, so 24 years old, okay, imagine I've watched this, I don't know how many times, and it's, like I said, it still is effective, but when you first watched it, compared to watching it now, it's a completely different movie. Watching it years later, it doesn't sit the same as when you watched it the first time. Just the, as you as you change the, your perception of this movie, the way you look at it when you watch it, it's like you have a different viewpoint. Now, there was a period in the movie where he is, uh, Yoshitaka tells him, or Yoshikawa, I believe his name is, he tells him to cool down, not call her for a few days. And that's when we get the sequence where she is just sitting by the phone. Mm-hmm. And we'll see like him going to bed that day and she's still sitting by the phone. How effective do you think that would have been if maybe, because one of the things I noticed watching it is he never actually cools down. He He's pensive and restless and he's always thinking about calling her, thinking about calling her. He'll reach for the phone to call her and he never he doesn't call her. He puts the phone back down and she's still always sitting by the phone. Because he didn't take the time off to not think about it. Yeah, well, he that's just the, didn't call. Yeah. Uh, how would you think that might have played a little more naturally if perhaps he had been allowed, if the character had been allowed to actually cool off and maybe get back into his life without Asami in it and stop thinking about her? And then he calls her and then we see that she is still sitting by the phone like she was three days ago. So like if he would have been off doing normal things rather yeah, he's than playing just showing or him. Something. Hell, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever Japanese uh, video producers do in their spare time. I don't know. Ghost fishing with the sun again. I think it's hard to have him any other way because part of the story is obsession. Yeah. So. Yeah, and he but, pretty much got obsessed with her from the, the minute. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't even need to see her. He was obsessed with her before she even came in for the audition. And that would have, uh, if, if he was able to get over her for a minute and cool down, that might have destroyed the story. It would have been possibly like, uh, like the kids in the cabin leaving the cabin in the woods before the Evil Dead movie can start. Yeah, I mean, you could still do something like that. And for me, that is one of the spots where I would say his friend kind of fell down on the job is you're trying to get him to kind of kind of cool off and not think about it. Take him out, do things, keep him occupied so he's not just dwelling on her. You're a better friend than many, Grim. Well, I've been on the other side of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I feel like there's a story there, but I'm not going to ask. Um, no. <laughs> well, put it this way. She couldn't even spell the name of this movie. She's that bright. And if she could spell it, she couldn't tell you what the hell it was. And you were obsessed with this young woman? No. Okay. Ooh. No, it was the other way around. Okay. He just dated her for too long. Uh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm glad she didn't cut any feet off. So am I. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, 
I think the train is coming to a stop here, though. Well, okay, uh, so to answer your question, I think I would probably rate it either 9 or 10. Because really, I don't see anything with this movie other than that one little clip of the dog going across the floor. I don't see anything wrong with this. The, Very rare for Grim to film, get high praise. No, the, the, he, no, not really. He loved Boba Hotep. And no, I would put this above Bubba Hotep in a heartbeat. It's good for you. Just the the graininess of the picture that it just helps everything about this helps just keep it unsettling. It kind of had like a shot on video look to it. Yeah, and like I, I was saying before, just not not having the English dub helps the movie because I don't see an English dub being near as creepy during the acupuncture thing. No, probably not. I I, I don't know what I can compare it to. I, I, I think the best comparison is the Hitchcock movies. Um, well, I'm just trying as far as like where I would put it as far as on my scale. I, I have nothing to compare this to. This movie is so different than anything else. It's kind of like May, where there's nothing like May, but yet it's kind of a tale that's been told already. Mm. Well, that's how the best stories are. I mean, there's only so many stories that just rewritten. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, basically what I've heard. All the, Shakespeare's all the, done them all. We just keep rewriting them. Yeah, and, and before Shakespeare, it was uh, the Greeks, a lot of Greek uh, playwrights who did it all. Uh, I don't understand it. It's all Greek to me. <laughs> Uh, one of the things that happens if you hear about a movie and how awesome it is, and then you take way too long to uh, watch that movie. You just build it up in your head. Yep, you yep. build it up in your head, and it's never as good as you you, th you thought it was going to be. But I, I half-assed it and slow-walked it to finally get to see Audition, and uh, by the time I saw it, I was like, oh, that was it. But uh, I was a moron. Uh, it's held up many times over on repeat viewings, and it's uh, definitely uh, a highlight of Takashi Miike and Asian cinema's uh, suspense thriller. I think just the way movies are done have kind of spoiled us for the slow burn. Yeah. Uh, like I, we, we can't do slow burn as much anymore because because everything oh, is just, can... it's got to happen right now. And then I... you get a movie like this that is just the definition of a slow burn. We've had a, we've had quite a few slow burn movies in recent years, like Hereditary and Midsummer and uh, all those Ari Aster well, yeah, movies. They're, they're, start, they're starting to become more popular now. But I mean, even like The Shining is kind of a slow burn. Yeah. But most of the movies, it's like, okay, you need something. Yeah. And this does not offer it until suddenly it just dumps it in your lap. Or shoves it in your face or whatever you want to say. Or cuts it off. <laughs> uh, I think there was uh, even one somebody on uh, the Bravo 100 Greatest Moments, they said that uh, one of the great things about Audition that nobody does anymore is that the entire movie is preparation for the last 15 minutes of the movie. Even though I, I think it was... Yeah. I more of a, yeah. it was more of a preparation for the final 30 minutes of the movie, really, considering how long the dream sequence takes and everything else. Well, the, the movie's an hour 55, and the real horror doesn't start till an hour 20. And that's when he realizes he's drugged. Yeah. is an hour 20. Uh, and that's the only part of uh, the movie that is uh, has commentary on the DVD, even though I think you said you watched two commentaries? Uh, yeah, there's a commentary on there with uh, the the screenwriter and Tasuke Tengen. Yeah, with him and Takashi Miike. And then there's another one with, um, he's, I guess he wrote a book about the movie or a book about Takashi Miike or something. So he's doing a commentary on it. You have a better Blu-ray than I, my DVD. You have it on Blu-ray or DVD? It's uh, Blu-ray. All right. Your your Blu-ray is better than my DVD. All right. Do you enjoy physical media kind of? Um, I don't actually anymore. I most, <laughs> mostly watch stuff online. I don't have a lot of physical media. 
you anymore. Yeah, it's. Well, sad. I'll say yeah, I mostly cool. watch stuff online as well, but yeah, me too. I prefer physical media. It feels weird because I'll watch, I'll find something on streaming and be like, "This is so good, I have to buy it on DVD." <laughs> it's like, well, you technically I don't uh, because it, it, it's not like it's never going to leave streaming or something. But well, I'll sometimes do that. it's just for the extras. Like yeah, that the commentaries or shorts or making of. Sometimes it's the extras that are the reason. And well, there's that, and uh, I don't know. There's the on-demand factor, and and the being paranoid of the cloud ever going down and being like, I don't have anything to watch. No, uh, things aren't always on Netflix. No, they leave. But uh, <laughs> have you ever watched a movie on commentary there, kind of? Kind of. I have um, not any horror films, but other movies like animation or like fantasy or just not anything horror. More various other media. There you go. Well, it's a fun way to watch a movie. I think when you when you have a when you have the director, you know, saying this or that, or you know, we tried hard during this, and it's it's a fun way to get info about the movie. I never TV watched show. the director's commentaries or any of that stuff. I never watched any of that until this, and then it's like, okay, well, I need to probably find out some information so I know something to say. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, it's like, okay, well, what what commentaries are there? So I sit and watch that after I've watched the movie, and then before I watch the movie again with this new knowledge. Yeah, you definitely do your homework, Grim. Well, I, I don't write anything. I just have to keep watching it. There you go. You're, you're, you're the research man. I'm just the moron that watches movies. Uh, well, you watch them very well. <laughs> no one ever said you were a moron. Have you ever said he's a moron, Kana? Probably once Honestly. or twice. Okay. Yeah, probably once or twice. <laughs> well, you two are friends. But the train is coming to a stop. It's time to say goodbye here in the movie car. Unless there's anything else either of you would like to add, perhaps, uh, about audition? Or you think we covered it all? I think we covered a lot of it. Yeah, <laughs> if I, not all of it. I just think that there's no way we can actually talk about this movie in a way that it deserves because we don't have 60 hours to sit and just talk about this movie. I mean, th- there's, there's so a lot you much. Can unpack. Yeah. And you can psychoanalyze a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, you can you can spend months worth of episodes just talking about the psychology behind Asami's character. You can spend a, an episode just talking about the the psychological effect, this the fact that his son was pushing him to find a wife, and that's why he did this. So in a way, this whole thing is kind of his son's fault. You could argue that. I mean, there's so many things you could say about this movie that there's there's no, no way we can say, yeah, we I think we've talked about everything. But again, yeah. if you've listened to this and you haven't seen it, I don't care if you said, oh, well, now, that, now they've told me I don't have to. You still need to watch this. We can't do it justice with words. No. Uh, the law of returning hypotheses uh, says that uh, for every question we can answer, there's a hundred more questions to, uh, to ask. So we could talk about this movie forever but we still would have more to talk about i think i think that's i kind of think that's what i said right yes i was agreeing with you okay darn it i'm trying to agree with you and you're like well i well i was just you said it so differently i was like i think that's what i said but you could be making another good point i don't know or was that just my good point that he's repeating yes i was basically regurgitating (laughs) what you said so we hope everyone out there in podcast land was able to get a little new appreciation (laughs) for audition (laughs) um It's a great movie that you should watch um, if you follow our directions if you watch before it we once started. And if you watch it once and you don't like it, don't say, no, I've watched it and I don't like it. Sleep on it for a couple of days. Go back to it. But if, uh, if, if you haven't watched it prior to listening to this, you didn't follow our directions, so shame on you. Yeah, you owe us three more episodes minimum just for yeah. not following directions. <laughs> 
and thanks more to everyone comments who listened and downloaded. One. We love all of you. And uh, thanks to our mutual friend. And thanks to our amazing special guest, Kana. Thank you for being on our show. Yeah, thanks for being here. Well, thanks for inviting me, Grim. And thank you, Conductor, for allowing me to be on here. I, I <laughs> allow. I, I, I welcome you wholeheartedly. Oh. Is it, is it a, is it well, thank you for welcoming me as a guest. Of course. Uh, <laughs> well, before we leave, so we, we said before that as of right now, you're going to be back in November. What mm-hmm. are some things that we could possibly have? What, what are some movies that we could possibly have that might make you say, oh, okay, I'll come back sooner? Mm-hmm. What are some things for um, us to look for? Uh, Incantation is one of them. It's another slow burn, but it gets really ramped up in the end. Um, I think that's a Netflix movie, though. Um, well, even not necessarily just specific movies, but what are some things that, oh, like if you do these kinds of things or this type of movie I'm interested in, what are some things that we could entice you with? <laughs> Um, We're enticing her I would now. Do. <laughs> okay. That's at, not least, I mean, I would. at least I picked enticed instead of seduced. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm sure we've, you can think we've gone over this whole way too young for a person thing already. <laughs> <laughs> Um, any animes, honestly, I will talk hours upon hours on any anime. Um, if you choose any older anime movies, I probably wouldn't join you on it. Um, if you guys ever go into the realm of shorter horrors or finding more, um, Japanese horrors to go through or, um, more Asian horrors, I wouldn't mind joining you. I do like a lot of, um, Japanese horrors are kind of more my thing, um, than American horrors and American slashers. Not really interested in them half the time. Mm. Um, if you ever go back to Juon, I would love a reason to watch it again. Awesome. Okay. That's uh, good to know. Kana, we were happy to have you, and uh, you're welcome back on uh, any time that we can maintain your interest, we hope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you can find something that I like, I'll, I may come back. We'll, I we'll do have a Jay Horror a anthology set. Well, uh, we'll see, I'm sure. <laughs> but please like, subscribe, comment, heart, star, tell your friends about us, or criticize. Don't criticize Kana. She was very nice to be with tell us. Tell your neighbors. Tell their neighbors' kids. Tell their <laughs> your, your kids' teachers. Mm. Tell the random person in the middle of the grocery store that you just ran your cart into because you were busy listening to us and not watching where you were going. But but you should watch where you're going. That's uh you know that's no fun in the grocery store when that happens. Well, but we've already established that they don't follow rules if they're listening to us and haven't watched. So if there's listeners that don't follow rules, they might just run into people in the grocery store. Pay attention to us and go watch the movie instead of <laughs> listening to our podcast. When you when it's an important thing with audition movies like this. Try not loud, but be good to each other out there. We're all stuck together in this crazy train, and we're all we have in here. So bye for now, folks. Goodbye. Bye. 